the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right, back at it here at the state capitol for a Wednesday hump day, middle weekday, over the hill day, closer to Friday than we were on Monday. Good to have you along for the ride. We've got a lot of different people who will be uh, joining us today. We'll start off with uh, some high school students who are into robotics. I guess this is the future of Skynet sitting across <laughs> from me, so we'll talk to them in just a moment. Also today... Uh, We'll have Congressman French Hill from Washington, D.C. to uh, visit with us. Uh, Law professor Robert Steinbach had come by to talk about Senate Bill 231. Uh, Ballinger's going to come back and talk about the Stand Your Ground law that's running through the Senate. He didn't get heard today in committee. Uh, That's going to happen after the Senate convenes, so we'll uh, have him sometime in the 5 o'clock hour. And then also uh, Brant Smith from up in Jonesboro is going to join us. And it looks like they tabled the, um, the governor today that's, from messing around with the state flag. Well, we'll see. That's, what, that's the, the rumor I heard today was that the, um, the flag bill got tabled. We'll see. I don't know if I totally understood what that means, but we'll see. But hopefully Brant Smith can come on with us as yeah, soon as Yeah, he can explain. Means. He said he can give us a few minutes, and yep. that's about all it would take for him to tell us exactly what's happening. Sounds good. So we'll bring all that up. But right now, got Austin and James here. They're from a school system about a mo- what about an hour south of, of Fort Smith, yes. so out west. So where what exactly is the school system that you all represent? Uh, we are from Boonville High School. Okay. And it's a uh, 3A conference school in Arkansas, and most people probably haven't heard of it. Okay, well, that's cool. What have we not heard of? Uh, most people don't know that we have a world championship uh, robotics team out of Boonville, which is something that you would, normally wouldn't see from a small town. Right. Other than, like, usually you'll see football teams and uh, band concerts and stuff out there, but we we are the only team from south southwest arkansas that has a championship uh robotics team okay championship in in what james you're nervous man your hands are sweating i can tell <laughs> go ahead bit. and tell us well one thing about our team is that every year that we've been active since the start we have actually made it managed to make it into the world level competition oh very cool which is 64 different countries competing Really? Yes. So is it always here in the U.S. or is it other countries? Uh, it, it is this year. It's in Houston and Troy. Uh, before it was just in St. Louis, but it got so big that they had to split it into two different uh, competitions. Okay. Now is this like the Robot Wars that I watch on television? You put your thing out there in the in the middle like, and you fight it out. It's not exactly like that, but sometimes it can get like that. That'd be pretty cool. But uh, usually there, every year there's a different game. So every year you have to build a completely different robot, and every year they give you at at the beginning of January, they give you a six-week build period to build your robot, and they tell you what your robot needs to do. So this year, we had to be able to pick up dodgeballs and uh, about a one-foot-wide hatch panel that was completely flat off the ground and be able to place it in, in a uh, six-foot-high hole. Oh, really? You had to pick it up and, and, and put it up? Yes. Which and it, there's multiple holes around the, uh, around the uh, field, is what we okay. call it. And uh, 
to be able to score, you have to be able to place all these hatches and all these balls in the, uh, they call them cargo air, cargo bays. And uh, to be able to do that, you have to be able to, uh, that's how you score. And then uh, at the end of the game, you have to be able to pick your robot straight up, like kind of like a box jump, but your robot can't jump. So you just have to be able to pick yourself up and drive onto, the, onto a uh, two-foot high box platform. Yes. Hmm. Interesting. So just... This is you're controlling it with remotes, yes. I assume. So it's not autonomous. Uh, some of it is autonomous. Is it really? Wow! And this year we are doing vision processing through a uh, limelight camera that'll help. That will line the robot up and be able to place the gears and uh, not the gears, the hatch panels and the balls. So it's basically also. seeing on its own. Yes. Wow. Oh, very cool. So how did you learn to do all of this, James? I mean, just reading a lot of sci-fi books or something. One of the ways that I've learned various things about the game, the field, and the robot would be through the help of mentors and older team members. Uh As the years tend to cycle through and people cycle through, a lot of the younger members learn stuff from the older ones and then pass on their knowledge. And you're how old? I'm 16. Okay, what, a sophomore? Yeah, a junior. A junior, okay. So uh, what does this mean for both of you for college? I mean, is this something that you want to pursue as a career? I do definitely look forward to it. I look forward to a future in the STEM field, and I hope to someday mentor a robotics team of my own. All right. You're looking to go to college? You're looking for scholarship money? And you say, hey, look at me? Uh, there's, uh, I'm hoping for a lot of scholarship opportunities from this, definitely. And James, you want, or not James, but uh, Austin, you want to turn this into a career for yourself? Uh, very much so. Before I started robotics, I honestly wanted to be a chef just because I like cooking. <laughs> but uh, once I got into robotics, I decided, hey, I kind of I like doing all this. Make this, more money at it, too. <laughs> so, so how, does, how, does, how do these skills translate over into industrial work? Can you, is it similar to what you do with a CNC machine? And very much so, because we actually use a CNC machine out at our build area. Mm-hmm. That's how we cut out most of our frame Parts, okay. this year, but uh, we learned how to wire. We learned how to like. We learned how to build various things with mm-hmm. just from scratch, not just right. pieces of parts together. But you have to be yeah. able to think, think your way through it, and use mm-hmm. things like SolidWorks is what we use to be able to design it out on a computer. Be able so to see SolidWorks it before. Is, is the program. The yes. CAD, is it a CAD program? Yes. Okay. Okay. So, how many people on your team? There are thirteen students. Are they all here today? Uh, minus one. Minus one. So there's 12 of you here. Yes. See, I went through high school. Uh, so there's there's 12 of you here. So what I'm going to do is we're going to take a break right now. And uh, during that time, I'm going to switch you guys out, bring a couple other people in, and then we'll switch. We'll keep switching people out until I get everybody on the air. I'm looking at the, the young lady back here who's going, oh, man, I didn't, I didn't sign up for this. All right. Yeah, you did. You just didn't know it. All right, so let's take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll talk further with your crew. It's uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. We're on the third floor, house side of the state capitol. We'll be back in a moment right here at 101 FM. The answer. All right, back at the uh, third floor, house side, state capitol. we got a lot of people that are going to be on today, and in this half hour we still got... Uh, Eight people that I think we're going to get on or try to get on. We've got, we've got a fun crew this time. Yeah. Well, we got Anson. we got Haley on. Uh-huh. And they kind of are in the background. There's like Zach is back at the station. Mm-hmm. He keeps me on the air and makes sure that everything plays on time. So let, let, let's bring them on. Let's start off with you, Anson. Real quickly, this is your first year. What made you want to get involved in this? Um, my friend, uh, Lexi Need you move right up on that mic. My friend, there you go. 
Uh, my friend Lexi Danicus that was on the year for about four years, like, or maybe three, um, told me about it, and I was really debating it because, I don't know, it just didn't seem interesting to me. But I joined, and because I thought it was just about like robotics and like building stuff and like coding and stuff, it didn't really, it didn't really seem for me. But then I learned about the safety program, and I don't know, that just seemed really cool to me. Can we get to be in the pits for the safety program? Which means um, at competition we uh, just patrol around, make sure that people don't have tripping hazards, be everyone has their um, uh, personal protection equipment on, stuff like that. So, be honest with me here. The real reason for your job is to make sure that your robot doesn't go off the line, go crazy, and start attacking people. Yes. <laughs> kind of. Uh, if it does do that, we do have a kill switch. No, you got a kill switch? Yeah. Are you the one that controls it? No, I don't control the robot. Oh, man, you should demand that you get to have the kill switch. That's something you should demand on. Haley, how about you? You're, you've been at this for a, a while now. You've done, you were safety before Anson was. Yes, sir. I, this is my fourth year on the robotics team. And um, for the first two years, I was um, safety captain. Then I was a scouter. And now I am part of the... Um, Marketing? Marketing, thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, part of the team, mm -hmm. yes. Okay, now scouting. Yes. Does that mean you went out and looked at what the other teams were doing? Yes, we had to... Found out their weak spots? Yes, sir. And their strong points and everything. Good. That, it's a big, it's a hard system. We used to do it on paper, and that was terrible. And um, the other Haley is our lead scouter, and she's all about the numbers. Okay, we're going to get her on here. I'm sure is she here today. Yes, sir. Okay, so we'll get her on in just right, a moment. So, so what go ahead, Paul. What do you do for marketing? Are you just or is that seeking sponsors or is there other marketing aspects? Um, we we seek sponsors. We um, write letters and fill out grants and um, go talk to our sponsors, thank our sponsors that we already have, and are always in search for others. We've okay. gone to personal companies to talk to them and. Um, done multiple different um, interviews and stuff like that. So what grade are you in now? I'm a senior. You're a senior? Yes, sir. Going to college? Yes, sir. You know where? Um, yes, ATU Russellville. Okay, cool. Very yeah. good. Did this help you out as far as getting in? Yes. I didn't know. Um, yeah, it helped me getting in for sure. Because um, I just it's a lot of experience, and they, they really liked that when they were um, looking into scholarships and stuff. Okay. And um, it for sure helped me with um, what my major was going to be. What's that going to be? I'm going into graphic design. Oh, good. And I would have never thought of that part of the, the more marketing um, part of the um, art okay. career. So, Anson, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just assume here that you're a senior, too. No, I'm a junior. You're a junior. Mm -hmm. All right. So is this helping with your social life? Yeah. It is okay. You got in a couple. I get to meet a lot of people. Uh, we have we had a guy from <laughs> Israel come to. Oh, cool! Yeah, he came and talked to us. They have a team. They in got Israel. fantastic mm -hmm. stuff going on as far as uh, AI over there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very very cool. Well, I appreciate you both coming in, and, and you didn't want to do this. No. I mean, you were backing up <laughs> when they came over to talk to you, but it wasn't that bad. I didn't kill you, did I? No. All right, you're alive. You're, you're cool. you got another year to go. What do you want to do next year? Are you wanting to uh, do something more with this team? I don't know. I kind of want to – I didn't think the building aspect, like 
a while ago they talked about SolidWorks. Uh, yeah. I didn't think that would be that fun, but I see James do it a lot, and I don't know. I might look into that. Now you want to get involved. All right, cool. Thanks for coming by, guys. We appreciate you. Thank you. Well, Thank you. Uh, let's, let's move a couple of more people over here, if you would. Just yell at them and say, get over there. Ellswick wants to talk to you. <laughs> All right. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. We're live today. We're at the Capitol like we always are, Monday through Thursday. It's kind of cool to meet these high school students that are involved in robotics, mm-hmm. AI. Uh, this is These are future people that... You know, we're going to be doing doing things like like Skynet and things of that nature. I don't know. Maybe they're going to build something that looks like Schwarzenegger the next time. <laughs> All right, as far as that goes. All right. Okay, I'm being told that uh, we got somebody that's on the build team here. What's your name, man? My name's Harley. Harley. Yeah, that, that goes right along with a builder, doesn't it? And who else is with us? Uh, Drew. Drew, what do you do? Well, I'm the human player for the um, robotics team. And I'm, uh, I help him build the field, too. Okay. Very cool. How did you get involved in, in building? Well, uh, I just seen it as a opportunity after school to uh, show off my skills. That I, At first, I never really knew I even had these skills until I actually tried. I started seeing outlets of skills that I had. And as you move up on that mic and talk right Sorry. in there. Go ahead. That's, That's all right. Go ahead. But, um, Continue with your story. When I first joined, it was an amazing experience because they'd done things that I never even thought I could do. And then when I started trying, I started being able, being able to uh, do things that I never thought I could ever be able to do. Okay, so what year are you in school? I am in 11th grade. Okay, so you're a junior. Mm-hmm. you still got another year. What are you hoping to accomplish through being involved in this? Has it changed your your view of what you want to do with your life and things of that nature? Uh, it doesn't really change what I want to do in my life. It just kind of it kind of shows me that I can do I can have better cooperation skills with people, and and because of this team, it's given me another family, I guess you can say, because I see these people like a family. Cool. Right, that's very cool. What about you? What year? What year are you in? I am. In, I'm on my junior year. You're in junior yeah. year too. You got another year. You intend to put another year into this? Oh yeah. Yeah. What are you hoping to do? I mean, you're at the position you're at now. You want to advance? Yeah. Everyone wants to advance in their career. I'm hoping to uh, be a driver next year, and I'm just hoping to just make more friends with this. Cool. So, what do you what do you actually do right now? Well, I'm the human player. I'm the person who puts all the um, game pieces on the field Okay, the, for the, the driver. Interesting. Oh, cool. All right. So you have to set them up so, so that the robot can actually pick them up readily, well, or how does it? The robot will come over to a, like, a little port, and I'll just like push them out for it. Okay. And it will just pick it up and take it to where it needs to be. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm going to let you guys go. I'll come back, talk to them. I want to get everybody on today and give them a chance and let them say hi and by the way, you go to my go to my uh, Facebook page, Dave Ellswick Show, and you'll be able to find a copy of the show. Get and you hear yourself. All right, be part of the show. All right. Again, we're talking with uh, a group of uh, high school students. They're all involved in a robotics crew. They are, you know, international champions, basically world champions. I guess they, they they've been going to the world shows. Come on, yeah, here four or five years. All right, so. Ah, oh, I've been told these are rookies. <laughs> yeah. All right, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. Guys, I'm going to ask you. You're a little bit shorter, so 
and get, that mic. Phone, let you come up, come all the way up on it, get right close it. to it, and uh, so I'll let you tell me who you are. You are? Uh, my name is Alex Powell. Okay, Alex and Josh. And Josh. Okay, so how did you guys get involved in this? Um, um, I got invited through um, the school advisory board, and most of my mentors are here, so I just joined robotics. Okay, so like this is not you just show up. No, team, you're invited to be on. Yeah, this you have yes. to fill out an application, go through a lot of stuff. Very cool. Why? Why this? Why this one? Um. Well, I live here. <laughs> okay. Well, I understand that. But I mean, why did you want to be part of this particular team? What about it interests you? Well, um, this is one of the teams in Arkansas that has um, gone to Worlds a lot. Well, not a lot, but several times, and I accomplished quite a bit. So, um, me and my dad decided to join because um, one of his friends uh, is another mentor here. We decided to join and see how we could help. Okay. So, how old right. are you? How old are you? 13. 13, and you're in the seventh grade? Eighth grade. Eighth grade. Wow. I mean, this is pretty cool. I'm liking this. And how old are you? Uh, I'm about to be 16. 16. So you're getting, what, sophomore? Yeah, sophomore. Okay. This is very cool, Paul. It is pretty I'm liking all of this. I still, haven't got, oh, we still haven't I'd like to know, how much does this contraption cost? Um, Do you all Most know that? of the stuff we make, we pr- 3D print a lot of the metal through our 3D printer. But well, not, most, no, no, no. It's a CNC. We get the we metal and we CNC. cut it out and CNC. Um, okay. dust and welds it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Which makes a lot of the shapes and materials that we use. All right, so you cut a, cut a lot of the pieces out. Is it mostly aluminum? Um, um, yes. Mostly aluminum. They cut with a CNC machine, and then do you have a? Do you actually have a um, a three D printer that you use for plastics? Um, I have a three D printer at home, at and home. the in, I've uh, designed some end caps for the ends of the bars on okay. the robot uh, to keep uh, anything from getting in there, and okay. I printed them. Okay. They're not on this robot, but they're yeah, on the on other one. Competition robot. Uh huh. Interesting. All right. Well, I'm going to let you guys move on. Okay. I still got two more people who want to slide in here. See who we got here. So who do we who, who do we come we come? I got somebody that's over on the side feeding me information. I feel like I'm back doing uh, high school sports again and got a spotter. Let's see what we have here. All right. So come on, sit down. Okay, these sunshine rookies? Okay. Uh, the flower children flower is what they're children. talking, they're saying to us. All right, so these, move these right che- up on that microphone, real close to the microphone. So does that mean y'all are the cheerleaders? <laughs> no. no. Okay. So, what, so, what, so what is that? That says Benton. I'm assuming that's Saline County. Is that right? Uh, Yeah, that's where I'm originally from. That's where you're originally from. Okay. So you you familiar with my show at all? Yes, I am. So everybody around in Benton now, what is your name? Uh, I'm Camille. All right. Camille. Camille, say hi to all your friends back in Benton. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And you are who? Uh, Brittany. Move right up. Brittany, I need you to Brittany. move. Brittany. All right. Brittany, both and, and Camille, why why this uh, this group? What got you involved with them? Real quickly. Um, I'm in a robotics class, so it just seems robotics is just something I'm interested in. Also, it's been a great way for me to make friends and meet new people. Cool. And how did you get involved? Well, originally I found out about it because one of my dad's friends is a mentor on the team. Mm-hmm. 
so I joined, and at first it was scary, but then it's like, oh, wait, everyone else here is also a nerd. That's neat. <laughs> all right. So it was, it was scary because of feel, old people. Feel, feel, oh, okay. feel comfortable. You're amongst geeks yeah. here. There's, there's lots really of are. new people in the capital here. We're, we're around all, all kinds right. of crazy people. Guys, we're out of time. i gotta, I got to take a break for the news. I appreciate you coming by and saying hi, and congratulations on being part of this team. News is next. We'll be back with more. All right, we continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show, third floor outside at the state capitol. My thanks for the uh, robotics team that came by to visit with us uh, about an hour south of Fort Smith. They're here for a competition that is uh, taking part and taking place tomorrow over at Barton Coliseum. So uh, they'll be in competition doing their thing over there tomorrow. And that robot, we did. I finally got a uh, how much uh, it cost, uh, about $5,500 from the, uh, the pieces of equipment that have been scavenged and put together as a uh, robot. And these, as you heard, each of these kids are invited to join this team. Now, you can't just say, yeah, I want to be part of the team, and they make you part of the team. You fill out paperwork and all kinds of stuff and, and uh, say why you want to be part of the team, uh, what kind of, um, you know, abilities that you have and things of that nature, and then you become part of this. And it would seem to me as I'm listening to these kids uh, talking to me that if they want to get into robotics uh, on, a, on a collegiate level, this is going to give them a, a really good opportunity to do that. Some of them are pursuing robotics when they get into uh, college. About three of the kids of the 12 that we talked to today, that is their, their future that they want to do. Uh, the rest of them see, like the Haley who was on, she's wanting to be in graphic design and sees taking the things that she's learning and getting the real-life experience that she's getting uh, to be able to do some other stuff as far as marketing uh, to further her career when she starts her own business. I love hearing things like that from uh, high school students. You know how I am about capitalism. I love to hear kids that want to be capitalistic. All right, don't forget about Dwayne Smith. He's our newest uh, uh, person on the Dave Ellswick Show newest uh, business that has joined us to make the, uh, the Dave Ellswick show possible. He is over in Sherwood. You'll find him at 3920 East Keel Avenue, as well as you can call him at 501-819-0373. And uh, they're celebrating their grand opening. I think you can still win that air fryer if you stand by and get your name into the drawing. They got all kinds of other swag to give away, and the biggest thing that's going on right now: if you bring your uh, insurance uh, with you over to Dwayne Smith's Insurance Agency, they will look at what you have, and they will uh, help you uh, see if you have uh, a way of saving money by using Allstate. And I've talked to a lot of people who have taken the opportunity to do that. And uh, several people have literally saved several thousand dollars. Others 
uh, hundreds of dollars. So, you know, take the time and, and see what they can do for you. Again, uh, that's Dwayne Smith Insurance Agency, 3920 East Keel Avenue in Sherwood. Their phone number, 501-819-0373. Dwayne's a great guy, loves to ride his motorcycle. Uh, did tell me, though, he went up to Sturgis um, year before last and it will be his last tri- trip to Sturgis because just too hard on his back anymore just something and uh, another good friend of mine uh, Jerry is one of his uh, folks that you can talk to as well and he can help you out also now if you've got a motorcycle and you need motorcycle insurance uh, they can do you a good deal on that as well phone number 501 819 Give them a call, stop by and visit with them, and see what they can do uh, for you with Allstate. All right, again, we're sitting here in the, uh, the Capitol. The House is meeting right now. The Senate is meeting right now. And uh, some of the things that uh, they're meeting and talking about today, uh, this morning, State uh, Senator Bob Ballinger was supposed to be running his uh, piece of legislation for Stand Your Ground. And uh, was it didn't get it didn't get ran uh, in the morning. So as soon as the Senate is out, he's going to go run that bill, and then he's going to stop by. Uh, hopefully during the five o'clock hour, we'll give him a few minutes so he can talk about what's going uh, on with that. Now the, the governor's highway bill is supposed to be run this afternoon as well through committee. Uh, we'll see what happens there. I, I don't expect to see it going to have any problems uh, getting uh, to the floor and being voted on. Uh, so that will be interesting uh, as well. So we'll keep our eye on that, keep our ear to the to rails, so to speak. Now, the governor caused quite a stir uh, yesterday when he uh, inserted himself into the flag uh, uh, discussion uh, was going on saying that it should be looked at again, try to bring it up again, because he thought changing the one star away from being uh, identified with the Confederacy would be a good thing. Uh, they uh, met today, and Brant Smith will be with us uh, in the last hour, and it was tabled. Uh, since it was tabled, I would say that that means that it's not going to be heard. And it is not going to, uh, in any way, shape, or form, uh, move on here in the legislative session. Uh, there's a lot of people here that are upset that the governor even inserted him in, himself into uh, that discussion. But they did uh, table the Confederate star flag retry, so you'll know about that. Uh, the big uh, message that's out there right now is HJR 1018, which is the $293 million tax increase for highways, constitutional amendment. Uh, you know, they're saying that it's it's going to be uh, looked at uh, and they're, and I guess, going to decide whether they're going to put it on the floor of the Senate to be voted on. Uh, some people are saying that it's being done in a deceptive way. I don't particularly uh, see that. The, the, the big deal here is, you know, does it move on? And I think everybody that's inside this building right here 
uh, knew it was going to move on when it passed the House the other day. Uh, from the folks that I've talked to in the Senate, they're ready to move it on uh, to the governor and let him uh, sign it. Now, that just means it's going to be on the ballot. So you, as a voter, will have to agree to it uh, come November next year. Be, uh, be on the ballot in 2020, presidential election. Uh, it's a good time for it to be there because a whole lot more people are going to be turning out uh, during that election and give you an opportunity uh, to, uh, to vote on it. Now, a lot of people, their main problem with it is they believe that it, this shouldn't be a part of the uh, tax increase, shouldn't be part of the, uh, the Constitution. I can't say that I disagree with that because I, uh, I don't. Uh, they, they, it shouldn't be part of the Constitution. A tax increase should not be written into the state Constitution. So uh, we're going to have to see how it all turns out uh, in the end, but it's going to be up to you. It's going to come to the uh, to the uh, to Arkansans to vote on this again. That's House Joint Resolution 1018. This is one of the uh, resolutions that uh, I guess the Senate and House will decide on between the two of them that they'll put it on the ballot for 2020. So, you know, all is not lost on uh, the way the governor wants to do the highway bill. You can still put a stop to it by voting against HGR uh, 1018. And the thing is, the Senate, you know, the Senate, gets there. The Senate could stop it. Yeah, I, I think it's probably not going to happen. But you can call your represent, you can call your senators. Let me ask you a ask question. Them. Let me ask you a question. Of all the all the senators that you've talked to, do you think there's enough to vote it and keep it from making making it to the uh, the ballot? I don't know. I haven't I haven't spoken with them directly about this one. I can say no. I, I think you're probably right. No, they they but, they're supporting it. They're supporting it under the auspices of we'll let the people of Arkansas decide. Mm -hmm. Now, when you hear that, you've got to understand it is then in your corner. And you're going to have to swim upstream if you want to stop it. Because the people who build roads, the people who design roads, the people who uh, use roads for business are going to pour, you know, millions of dollars into advertising to try to convince you to cast a yay vote when you go to the polls in November of 2020. So, you know, it's going to be up to the people of Arkansas at that point. Yep. And do, do we want more taxes? Do we want more government control? I, per, I, I personally think the people fighting against it, and there's, there's plenty of people who do not want this to happen, uh, pull the money together to uh, put uh, you know commercials on the air against it. I would suggest that they they do a two prong attack. One, you don't want to put a tax in the Constitution, and why? You've got to explain why to the voters of of Arkansas, and then secondly, that there is a better way, and at that point get behind Julie Mayberry because if you just if if you win this fight we're going to be back in the same position of coming up with money for roads and then 
everybody will be talking on an, an equal par, so to speak. And Julie New, uh, Mayberry's uh, uh, bill will get uh, some real traction, I believe, I, I, at I that time. I think so. If the voters, if the voter, voters shoot down the constitutional amendment to raise taxes, then, then yeah, I think you're right that Julie's bill will likely get more traction. Because I'm going to try. I'm going to my my. I'm putting myself behind defeating this. Let it get on the ballot. I'm I'm all ready for it to be on the ballot. Yeah, but we'll happen. start talking about it now. And for over a year, we're going to bang the drum to not vote for HJR ten eighteen, and bring on you know Julie Mayberry's bill and uh, why and talk about funding highways uh, through taking things uh, that it, you're you're spending sales tax on that are tied to highways like new car taxes used car taxes and all of that and making sure that money goes towards roads and not some new tax that we've got to put up with and that they want to jam down our throats. And personally, I think if they're going to use, uh, you know, uh, gambling funds, Mm -hmm. it's got to be more than any $35 million. I mean, they gave uh, Oaklawn and they gave Southland a cut on well, their I tax think, I, I think or, they're they're uh, they're rates. hoping it's going to be a lot more than thirty five million. Wow, well, they may be hoping that they're not running for it. Why not? If if well, you I, want more, why don't you run it more? Well, I think that's when I heard the governor speak on it the other day. I I, I think he's 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 hoping it's going to be more than that, but they don't know because it's the. I think he's I think he's explaining that maybe the first thirty one million goes to general revenue, then after that, the um, the um, the the rest of it goes to highways, and I, I may not have that perfectly correct, but something to that effect is that that it, if it brings in two hundred fifty million dollars, then, then the highways would get most of it. But if it only brings in a little bit, then the highways wouldn't get much at all. Nah, well, we I want those maybes and kind ofs and who knows <laughs> type of statements to be solid. Yeah, maybe, maybe we can get Jr. to. Yeah, I'll have him. He'll questions. be on tomorrow. I can talk to him about that tomorrow and see exactly what they have to say. All right, got to get a break in. It's about ten minutes till three o'clock. Three thirty. Don't forget, Congressman French Hill will uh, join up with us, and we'll be talking to him. There's a bill that's being voted on by the House that he wants you to know a whole lot about. And it's going to happen tomorrow, and you won't want to miss that discussion. That will begin at 3.35 right here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget about PI Roofing and what they're doing and, and that they purchased themselves a gutter cleaning business. It was uh, Tommy's Gutter Cleaning Services. So now you'll get all the great uh, uh, work out of uh, PI Roofing for uh, cleaning out gutters as well as uh, getting that comprehensive roofing and home repair expertise that you get from them as well. To find out more about uh, gutter cleaning, uh, roofing uh, repairs, home repairs uh, in your house from you know leaks that you've had and things of that nature, go to piroofing.com, piroofing.com. Back after these. All right, we just got a few minutes left here in this first hour. Let me uh, again remind you about some things we're going to talk about as the show uh, rolls out today. Next half hour, we're open. 
So uh, we'll just talk about some of the things that are being discussed in the House and Mm -hmm. the Senate today. At 3.30, Congressman French Hill will join us, and uh, he wants to talk about uh, some things that are going on in D.C., of course. And let me uh, bring that up. I'll get an email sent to me. And uh, he says... um, they're expected, the Congress is expected to vote this week on uh, House Resolution 1, a sweeping piece of legislation that will consolidate political power uh, to the left, according to the congressman, and threatens our electoral integrity. I think this is the one that has somehow getting rid of the Electoral College. I don't know how exactly they're supposed to do that when it's part of the Constitution. But when did the Constitution stop the left from doing anything? I don't know. That, that is frustrating, though. But it's, a, it's frustrating to see how many Republicans are actually on board with that idea. Uh, well, uh, this, this first major bill will fundamentally transform how elections are conducted in the U.S., politicize the historically bipartisan Federal Elections Commission, and suppress political speech for American citizens. Instead of the For the People Act of 2019... The bill should be called, according to Congressman Hill, the Democrat Political Protection Act of 2019. And so he'll join us at 335. You will not want to hear what he has to say about this. It's it's a serious piece of legislation. And so we want to uh, uh, make sure we talk to him uh, about that. So we'll be be doing, uh, doing that. Also... Uh, 4 o'clock, Joe and Duck are going to come by, and we'll get into cars with them. 5 o'clock, uh, Robert Steinbach is going to come by talk about uh, the uh, Senate Bill 231, I believe was the number. And that's for these private organizations that help government organizations and uh, being able to get some form of light on them so we know what it is and how much money they're using to, quote, help these government organizations. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kim Hammer went so far as to disregard, uh, you know, bringing anybody's names out or anything like that. It's not about that. It's all about uh, the money and what's being used to, to push these agendas, and you need to know that. If you don't know it, then... You have no idea what money is being used, and uh, you, you should learn about it. So we're going to have, uh, you know, uh, Robert on to talk about that. We're supposed to have uh, Bob Ballinger stop by, state senator, talk about the Stand Your Ground. Uh, that should go through the judiciary uh, on the Senate side today. We'll find out how it does. And then Brant Smith's going to come back uh, by, and they're going to talk about the... the uh, state flag and then the star that people want to change what it means and and basically change history so uh, we heard today that it got table which means it's not probably will not come up again because it's got to have a majority of people want to bring it back up again not expecting that to happen think that that was a a very sharp rebuke back at the governor. It might be. We'll see about we'll see it, what that, trying to bring it up. Well, see it's, what that, it's done, sounds like to it. me. Finished. We'll talk to Brand about it. But I think that's what's uh, what's going to, to happen. 
All right, so that's what uh, some of, of what's facing us here as we continue on here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. We're, we were lucky enough to to catch uh, this high school group today. Yeah, they were be. here at the Capitol, and uh, we wanted to give you the opportunity to hear from a group of high school students and kind of middle school students. Yeah, I mean, we were already were down to eighth grade. Yeah, some of them younger. So it, it's not actually a school program, I don't think. It's actually sort of a... It's a, a club. It's a club. But you got you have to be invited to it. It sounds so like you, you got to have some things fill going out an application for application or something that that's not just that anybody can show up and be a part of it. Not like the chess club. Apparently not. Well, I, I, I've never tried to sh- try to go for a chess club. I don't know if I was ever good enough for that. Yeah. Well, the, 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 you know, the whole thing about the chess club was join the club, play, be taught, learn to get better. Didn't work with me, but I tried. <laughs> I tried. I like chess. Just with, you know, there's if you really want to play it in a competitive nature, mm-hmm. uh, you need to learn uh, the historical strategies that are out there that you can use and identify them immediately when you see them show up on the board. Yeah, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't into chess that much. Yeah. you know, I'd much rather know if you got a man on first and a man on second, and a fly ball is hit to you. Where should you be bringing the ball in? Hmm. All right, that that's the kind of stuff. I was in, or first and third. Where you, do you go? You, do you, you go home, or what? You like a more simplified, basically. Yeah, well, I like. You know, baseball is a complex game as well, but I can understand it better. And you score. You know, you're not just mm-hmm. knocking over pieces and stuff. Yeah, because right. with the, with chess, you can you can knock almost all the pieces off the game off the board and still lose and still lose. All right. Take a break. We'll come back. we got more coming your way. Dave Ellswick Show. We're covering the assembly. We're on the third floor house side. We'll be back after the news. All right. Back with you. We move into our second hour of a Wednesday broadcast. We're on the third floor house side at the state capitol. Dave Ellswick, Paul Calvert with you. And uh, we got about a half hour before we'll have Congressman French Hill join us. And again, with Congressman French Hill, want to talk to him about this uh, House Resolution 1, which uh, he says uh, stands to make some big changes uh, if we're not uh, being careful that's out there. And uh, we want to hear uh, what they have to say about that. He he made uh, the specific uh, uh, quote to me. Their first major bill, H.R. 1, will fundamentally transform how elections are conducted in the U.S., politicize the historically bipartisan Federal Elections Commission, and suppress political speech for American citizens. That's three big, big ding, ding, dings as far as I'm concerned, and we want to talk to him about each one and how this uh, Bill's going to do that, and is there any way of stopping it? Interesting. Now, it, it, it may pass in the House, but that doesn't mean it gets right. through the Senate. Right. Everybody then, keep that in mind. Then you but, have to get past the president. Yeah, let, let's figure out, first of all, what it is that they're trying to do, because if we can see what it is they're trying to do, we'll know what's the Democrats' uh, you know action call is going to be for the next two years might be till next yeah. uh, until next uh, November uh, when these people who just got elected have to get reelected 
and I don't know if that's uh, if that's possible or not. As we watch some of these uh, idiots uh, embrace socialism the way well, that that they're doing, maybe, maybe it'll actually benefit the rest of the country if these people will come out of the closet. If you so yeah, and let us know what it yeah. is that exactly what it is that I, they're trying to do. Because I think a lot of kind of mainstream Democrats throughout the South and maybe kind of the midsection of the country are not really on board with this hardcore socialism and gender confusion and, and homosexuality stuff and, and, and hardcore um, abortion, this full-term abortion-type mess. You know, I think it's the, the turn that they've made on abortion and the turn that they have made on just literally wanting to spend everybody else's money now. And that, that has gotten a lot of people's attention who are, are you know, Democrats, you know, when it came to homosexuality and gay marriage and all of that and this stuff about gender equality and all the rest, they can look over that. But when you start getting to the point where you're going to take away from a person the ability to take care of their families and things of that nature, then they get serious about, whoa, pull in the reins here. What's going on? Oh, and, and eliminate airfare? Does this mean you have to swim across the ocean if you want to go Hawaii next time? Yeah, they time? want to get rid of airplanes. They I mean, want to get away from uh, from uh, combustion engines or, or push you through a tube. Yeah, like, who knows? What like the doing. like what they do at the bank. Yeah, be but, interesting. Got to find out what what it is that that they're uh, talking about, and uh, this is going to give us a good idea. And again, what give us a good idea was the Green New Deal. That's something else. That this would be the second piece of something that. Uh, you know, you'll expect to hear more about as we move towards the election in, in 2020. Now, here at where we're at, uh, a piece of legislation that's out there that, you know, full disclosure, Paul's a landlord, mm-hmm. and he has seen a, a piece of legislation that's being uh, put together by Gazaway, I think is who it is, a Republican, that is really kind of challenging if you're a landlord, is that not right? I, I think so. And so, so I spoke with him a few weeks ago and, and sat down with him. We had a, I thought we had a pretty good conversation. And then I, I haven't been paying close enough attention to the bill, but I, I was in, in the Capitol this morning. I, I showed up probably around nine o'clock or so, and I noticed on the committee agenda that it was a special order of business, and so it kind of caught me off guard. And so I kind of quickly studied it, and they've they've apparently made some changes to the bill previous to today and so i studied those and studied that what the current bill was and 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 i think they've they made some changes and one of them was that um so apparently well let me back up a little bit the 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 bill is designed to set habitability standards in other words minimum standards for for what kind of condition a house should be in before you rent it out which recent Generally speaking, I don't have a problem with with a um, a standard set of habitability assumptions, i.e., if I go and rent a house from you and it's got a heat and air system in it and it's got a water heater and it's got a stove and it's got a dishwasher, then I should expect all those things to work unless you come along and tell me that they don't. And um, But what this bill does is it, from what I understand, uh, may, maybe... There's something missing there, but but from what I can tell, 
it requires that a house have these things or have at least some of these things, such as running water, electricity, and whatever else. Generally, that's, that's a reasonable expectation. However, sometimes um, a landlord will have a place that's, that's got serious problems. It needs a lot of repairs. And so they will rent a place out at, at a much reduced rate in exchange for the tenant doing the work. Okay, the, the tenant is supposed to fix the place up. Right. The tenant will fix the place up, and so the, the landlord, like myself, I might offer the, the place for rent at, at half the normal rate, and so they can save several hundred dollars a month maybe if they um, are willing to, to, to make their own repairs and, and do their own maintenance. And so this is a fairly common practice among landlords, I think, and, and it offers um, very low rent for people who don't have very much money, and so sometimes their only other option might be homelessness might be living under the bridge somewhere, living in their car. And so that's a fairly common practice among landlords, and I think this bill would pretty much outlaw that or, or set up landlords to be liable for lawsuits if they don't fix the place after they've set up a, 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 um, a rental arrangement. Okay, so let me stop here. In other words, what you're saying, if somebody comes and wants to rent something from you, right. all right, and let's say it's got... Not that it's got windows missing or anything like that, but... Well, maybe it does. You know, the bottom line is, I'd like to rent that from you. Mm -hmm. Okay, as is. As is. That you can't rent it to them as is? Well, I think I maybe could, but then I think this bill would give them the opportunity to sue me and nullify our contract, our as-is contract, uh, on the grounds that the state won't allow me to, to file the contract. It won't allow the, the contract to stand. In other words, I think... Because it doesn't meet state the, statutes the, as because, far as because it wouldn't kind of meet house the, it is or Because whatever. it wouldn't meet the minimum habitability standards. And so let's say I have a house with, with uh, maybe broken windows or maybe it has a leak in the roof or something of that nature, and I don't have time to fix it. Like, for instance, during the legislative session, if I've got a house that's in kind of bad repair, I may not rent it out because it's in too bad a shape. But someone might come to me and say, you know what, I need a place to live. If you'll let me rent it for, for half the normal rate, I'll fix those things or I'll just deal with them. And so I might say, you know what, I'll do that. I'll let them, I'll let them rent that place that normally rent for $600 a month. Maybe I'll let them rent it for $300 a month for a year. That would save him a, a pile of money on the condition that, that they fix it up. But with this bill, I think it would make it so that I would be liable to, to a lawsuit if the tenant decides, you know what, I would rather the landlord fix these things, even though I agreed that I would fix them. So I think the, um, the, the, it would put the landlord in a position to where it would nullify the contract that he made with the tenant to, to take the place as is. And it would well, take see, away opportunities. That, that to me is... It's nonsense. Uh, yeah, it is nonsense. If the, if the person who's renting the home said to you, I don't care how bad it is, mm -hmm. it's better than living in my car. Right. How much will you let me rent it for? And he agrees to it. Mm -hmm. I think he agreed to it. I think that's the bottom the bottom line. And if it's you know as long as the as the um, you know you want to fix it up, I'll let you fix it up, right? Or whatever. You don't get to take those. If you put new windows in, you don't get to take pull them, them out and no. take them with you, right? You know, I, I, you know. If I were a, a, a judge, which I'm not, but if I was a judge and I had stayed in the Holiday Inn, uh, I would, you know, make the statement that uh, 
you know, you signed a, a binding contract. You can't come back and sue somebody for something that you agreed to. Right. But apparently this, this legislation, if it passes, I think it would make it to where the contract would be nullified in, in cases like that. And I think that's that's wrong. And it's, I think it's going to make it so that um, some of the, the very low-cost rent rental homes that are available right now might not be available anymore, and so people that are maybe able to find a place for two fifty or three hundred dollars a month, in a lot of cases they might get kicked out because their landlords are afraid of getting law getting a lawsuit and losing, and maybe even having to pay penalties because there's even some there's even some um, some punitive damages here, which is dumb I think, but but there's even some punitive damages in the in the legislation, and um, so, so I think that's it's it's oppressive probably more so to poor people than it is to landlords because the fact is that you know if i can't rent it out okay it might just sit for a while but what about the person that needs a place to live and it would have maybe been the only place available to them yeah, and this price is they better than nothing it's better than nothing get you out of the wind get you out of the right. elements so to right. speak and you want to do that right you know we now have, you were telling me earlier today we were talking off the air and if you don't want to talk about this you can say yeah. you have a tenant who's been behind on their rent significantly for a significant part of time, and you allow them to still live uh, in uh, this, right. this uh, rental unit. However, you've told them, because they're so far behind their rent, you can't fix things that and that's may a, go bad. And that's a common that's a common practice with, with landlords, is that sometimes, you know, we don't want to kick someone out for whatever reason. Maybe maybe we feel sorry for them, or we just we just want to be gracious. And and so sometimes we've got, we've got a tenant that's kind of having a hard time, and, and they're not able to pay their bills very well. And so we don't kick them out, but we don't fix stuff either. And so you know, if I've got someone who's six months behind on rent, and maybe a um, maybe the water heater goes out, it doesn't provide hot water anymore. A good chance I'm not going to fix that. I mean, if it's not flooding the house, I don't think it's reasonable for me to be required to provide them with these. Um, it's a it's a luxury service on some level that hot water, and and so a lot of times I won't fix a, a water heater that's not putting out hot water anymore if a person is is pretty far behind their rent. Because this comes down to one of two things: maybe you don't have the money to fix the hot water heater. And the other person's not paying their rent. So do you say, since you're not paying your rent, I'm going to have to ask you to move? Or uh, do you agree that, hey, look, you got a hot water heater that's out of work, and um, you'll still be able to get water, but you're not going to be able to get hot water. And uh, because you haven't paid, I can't fix that. So you got to make up your mind. Right. Do you want to leave the premises? Or will you go along with cold water? Right, and so that, that's the thing is that sometimes landlords will will, will be gracious enough to li- allow someone to live there, but not not so um, so um, benevolent as to to continue to fix stuff while they're living there for free or almost free. And so that's a common practice, and I think that that sort of thing might actually be outlawed with this bill as well, because it, it doesn't seem to have a provision that would exempt a landlord from having to fix things when the tenant is behind on their rent. And that's that's another big problem, I think, is because it, it's another another point where a, a tenant's liable to be kicked out when a landlord would be willing to be gracious. 
All right, let's get a break in. I want to come back and talk to Paul about this a yeah. little bit more because, you know, it, it's an, to be honest, I look at this bill, it's a no-win situation. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you tell the person they can stay there, they're living with cold water, mm-hmm. that's not going to be any fun. But if you can't pay your rent, it's better than being out in your car, you know, well, under just a bridge. Being, just being out, you know, being without a place to stay. We'll talk more here in just a moment. And the person who really gets stuck is the person who can't afford to do either one. It's the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. We're on the third floor, house side. We'll be back with more as we return at 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, we continue the Dave Ellswick Show. Don't forget you can learn the little-known strategies that can help you save tens of thousands of dollars in taxes with a free tax reduction analysis given to you by David Lucas of David Lucas Financial. You hear him every Saturday, 10 o'clock and 3 o'clock, right here at 101.1 FM. The answer, the free analysis, reveals the little-known strategies and loopholes that could help you save thousands of dollars in taxes with your IRA, 401K, Social Security benefits, and more. To get your free analysis, here's all that you have to do. Be one of the first 10 callers right now at 501-653-6690. That's going to give you the opportunity to save tens of thousands of dollars in your retirement on taxes. Call this number again, 501-653-6690. That's 501-653-6690. So I was talking to Paul during the uh, before the break about this piece of legislation making its way through the uh, committee process right now. It hasn't been approved by the committees. It's not got to the House. It's not got to the Senate to be voted on. So right now it's just a maybe, so to speak, that's sitting out there. But as I listen to what you're saying, Paul, this is a piece of legislation, if passed, could have unattended consequences for people that they're really, I think, trying to in their own mind, they're trying to protect. Right. I think that's true. And so uh, I think they're trying to s- stop people from having to live in some of these kind of rough homes that really are in pretty bad shape. And it might help with that some, but it, what it may end up doing is it may have to kick people out on the streets and 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 um, have them living in their bridges or homeless shelters or in their cars and, and, and basically block some of the, the lower, lowest priced rental homes available and, and take opportunities away from people. And um, But to be fair, though, there, there probably are some bad landlords out there that don't fix to to embrace more government control and more government um, services. Well, we're going to talk about House Resolution 1 uh, when the congressman gets uh, uh, calls in. What I would like to do is I'm going to go ahead and and, uh, do an ad with you and play our other ads, and then when we come back, we'll have the rest of the uh, half hour to talk to Congressman Hill. Uh, Sonny's Auto Salvage, your number one choice for recycled auto parts. Think about that. Uh, The engine in a uh, totaled car was running fine up to the point that it was totaled and it couldn't run down the highway. may have been because... uh, you know, the infrastructure of the car was damaged and can't uh, 
do what it's supposed to do, but the engine may still run perfectly. The transmission may still run perfectly. So why not continue to use those two things and charge you a price that is, uh, you know, a, a good price for that uh, particular piece? That's what uh, Sunny's Auto Salvage does. They warrant uh, those parts. They guarantee those parts. One, two, three-year warranties. And all you have to do is call to ask them if they have the part that you need. The number for them is 982-7451. 982-7451. And that's Sonny's Auto Salvage. Let's get the rest of the break-in, and then we'll wait for the congressman to contact us from Washington, D.C. All right, still waiting on uh, Congressman Hill to give us a, a ring. Uh, he evidently moving to an area where he can get to us and be on a landline and talk to us, which is always a good thing. Uh, because when you get up to Washington, D.C., uh, if there's one thing that people have and that they probably have two or three of, it's cell phones. <laughs> and it can cause problems when we're trying to contact him. So uh, I was just no- I was notified about six minutes ago that he was wrapping up a meeting and uh, he was going to give us a call here in a moment. And again, uh, as I've told you, we want, we really want to talk to him because he's got a serious topic today to discuss with us uh, dealing with HR1. HR1, it's funny that it's taken him this long to get to HR1. You know, so anyway. I don't know, maybe it's maybe it's just kind of the new Congress or, or maybe it's just been kind of, who knows? Well, they've been, evidently they've been hammering this together so I, and is, getting is this, it ready. Is this HR, I assume it's a House resolution is what that HR stands yes, for. Yes, it does. Is that going to be like a constitutional amendment proposal? I, no, I, do, I don't think, think so. so. so they, they, they're just going to change the Constitution without it. Yeah, they're just going to. <laughs> look, resolutions don't do anything except say, here's what we want to do. So this is what this is really going to do is going to test the water, sort of, kind of clear up the opaque glass they got around the uh, the Democrat Party and and clarify what are some things they want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, what is it that they really want to get done? And uh, this is a good thing. This lets uh, all of us know what uh, they have in mind and if if you're one of those people who believe that the federal government should do everything and run your life then this is probably going to be something that kind you that definitely reality, yeah. want yeah yeah well i you think know, is that so there's a, there's a I lot want of to talk to the, uh, the to the congressman about this I, th- I think there's a lot of people that that are kind of of that mindset they're okay with the government running a lot of their lives so long as they can Still get eat their Cheetos and watch their American well, Idol and let me ask and you a question. Paul, do you think that part of that is that gives you the opportunity to say that the government is at at uh, responsibility uh, for this and not you? I think there's maybe some of that. I'm not sure exactly the the ideology behind it, but I think a lot of people they're just they don't mind giving up rights so long as they can get their free stuff and their and to some extent, this sort of kind of slave mentality is a sense of security for some people, I think. They're, they, they don't value freedom very much, maybe because they're not very skilled or they're, or they're just afraid. And that's, that's, a, that's a strong tendency for people that are kind of like sheep. You know, when a, when a, um, 
when, when a person doesn't have some of the life skills that are um, beneficial, then sometimes they, they have a tendency to to be drawn to strong leadership, which in many cases ends up being more like a, a master that tells them what to do, when yeah, to do a it. a king. A king, right. And it's as opposed to, you know, I'm good with having social relationships and even security relationships that I might that make me safer, but I don't want someone to tell me what to do. I don't, I don't want someone to come along and make decisions for me all the time. I, but I, I do like having friends. I do like having people around that make me more secure. Which is becoming more and more uh, the way we do things and that the government makes laws and we are forced to, uh, Comply. to do them. Yeah. All right, we understand the congressman is on the uh, the line with us. Congressman Hill, thanks for giving us the time. Uh, let's talk about this HR1. Uh, this is a resolution, so it's not a law. What's so important about it? Well, when uh, it is going to be a law if they pass it, it's it's uh, it is uh, HR one typically when a when a speaker has HR one they say it's their number one legislative agenda for the whole Congress. Okay. So Mrs. Pelosi has has designated HR one a bill whereby she will take over the entire election system, federalize it. She politicizes the Federal Election Commission and turns it into a partisan body. Right now, the FEC is a six-member, equally divided group. Three Republicans, three Democrats that oversee the federal elections process. She proposes to make it a five-member body, chaired by an appointee of the president, and that it become partisan. She organizes an effort to make all elections, regardless of what the Constitution says, uh, subject to federal law. And forget Article One, Section 4. She's just into uh, letting the federal government set elections for congressmen, senators, and the president. Wow. Now, how, do you, how does she think she's going to get this past the Supreme Court of the United States? Or does she? Now, I've never seen that get in the way of an idea. <laughs> uh. Well, the, her, her last little tidbit in this bill is that everybody who raises money underneath the FEC reporting limit of $200 gets the 6-to-1 taxpayer match. So this is what? to weaponize the Act Blue Democratic online fundraising machine. So... You get six to one on every dollar you raise from below that reporting limit, which means that we don't know where that money came from. And uh, that's just a, one of a long list of problems with so-called HR1. So where does this six to one money come from? Is that tax dollars? Yeah, you know, the it created a little problem in their uh, caucus because it was just straight tax dollars. So um, they began to complain about that. So now they're talking about having it be some tax dollars and some fines on corporations where they would uh, do that. Um, so they're going to rely they on are, corporations being bad. Well, yes, exactly. Okay. Um, exactly. All right. So they're going to they're going to mandate states. 
So right, right now, states set their election. They're going to mandate states have online voter registration, automatic voter registration, and same-day voter registration with no safeguards. Oh my God! I mean, we're going to be—we'll be a third-world republic at that point. Well, you wouldn't probably use the word republic. Well, yeah, that's so, true. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, what is going through these people's mind other than perpetual power? Well, a lot of people, uh, the Democrats named this For the People Act, and uh, I think a lot of Republicans have named it the Permanent Democratic Majority Act, is yes. kind of how they've described it. Yeah, I would, ag- I would agree with that. So how, how does this get stopped? Do we have the, the necessary uh, ability to stop it, but maybe not in the House, but have to stop it in the Senate? Is that the way this will work? We're uh, in debate for the next two days on this bill. There'll be lots of amendments. Um, we need to see how the Democrats end up on their own bill. It'll be very interesting to see uh, if all the different factions in the Democratic conference here in the House, how they handle this issue. But I presume that they have the votes to pass it out of the House, and I believe it will go nowhere in the Senate. Yeah, I, I can't even believe that uh, the Senate would bring it up. They'll probably table it and you never hear from it again. But that, isn't this kind of a good thing, Congressman? This allows us to get a view in a transparent way of what the Democrats really want to do, and we can tell the American people. They consistently are, are putting out the most progressive... Uh, most liberal set of issues out and making their members vote on it and including their moderate members they have 31 members of the republic of the democratic conference that were elected in districts that were won by president trump so those more i would say moderate to centrist democrats that were elected this fall are all having to vote on this re-regulation higher tax more progressive agenda, including federalizing and taking over state election power, but they're going to also bring up Medicare for all next week. So wow. I find it, I mean, I think your point is a good one, which is, isn't this allowing all of us in the center uh, and center right of this country where the majority of Americans reside to explain, look how extreme these policies are. Yes. So this might be a blessing in disguise. Well, you know, the proof will be in the pudding as they continue to unveil these things. But uh, you've got a Green New Deal, which we talked about two weeks ago, that continues to reverberate around Washington with Douglas Holt Eakin suggesting a 90-plus trillion dollar cost. Yeah. The $32 trillion cost of Medicare for all and ending people's private health insurance um and as it was explained by aoc well no it that we don't have to worry about how much it costs because you don't have to pay insurance premiums anymore i mean yeah boy <laughs> these, these people these people's economic understanding is uh low at best yeah i agree what do you think about booker and uh harris and all these different uh, democrats that are running for president now saying that they want to legalize marijuana in the United States. 
Well, I don't know that we should be surprised by that. This is part of a um, change and shift in our culture that is happening right before our eyes. And uh, there is this issue where you have 30 states that have some activity there. And should it be, at this stage, federalized, taxed, put in part of the ATF, uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, regulation or will have these incredibly diverse state laws with no oversight. So it depends on, I've heard some conservatives actually argue for it in addition to a more liberal open culture issue. So it's a, uh, what's happened in just the last five years on that across the country is going to be a great source of debate between Americans for the next few years. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think if these people run with this this whole thing about I'll make marijuana legal if they think that will somehow energize the youth vote in the country. Do you think that's a legitimate concern? I think it's a concern, but I think we should be uh, educating our voters and uh, particularly our young voters that uh, health is important and marijuana is not part of health and that baby's health is important and Having babies' lives taken uh, when they're born alive is not part of good public health policy. Mm -hmm. And that capitalism has freed billions in this world from poverty and hunger and disease. And that if you uh, like all these negative policies, then, you know, we invite you to take a trip to Caracas and see what things are like in Venezuela. Yeah, I agree with you on that as well, Congressman. We're out of time. I appreciate you giving us the time today. All the best. Uh, we'll look forward to talking to you again next Wednesday. Have a great uh, Wednesday there in D.C. Thank you. All right. That's uh, Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We'll take a break. When we come back, Joe and Duck are going to be here. We'll talk cars here on the third floor of the Capitol on the House side. That's coming your way on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, 4 o'clock hour. That means it's Wednesday. It's hump day, middle weekday, over hill day, closer to Friday than it was on Monday. And it also means that Joe and Duck are here on the Dave Ellswick Show. They come in once a week and answer any of your car questions. The number is 823-0965, 823-0965. If you have a question for them, whether it be a gas burner, a diesel burner, uh, you know, a family car, family pickup, or you're an 18 wheeler and you do a lot of over the over the country roads, then uh, you have the ability to call in and ask questions, and they'll answer them to the best of their ability. And guys, what um, what say you? What are what are some of the big things that are going on right now? Anything? Just the weather. Yeah. Well, cold. Yep. Weather goes up. The weather goes down. Yeah, it does that, especially in Arkansas. If you don't like it, just hang around about a week and it'll yeah. change. So what does that have, how does that treat your batteries and stuff like that? Is that pretty rough on them? Absolutely, it is. Cold weather brings out the worst in a battery in a heartbeat. If you have one that's marginally weak, you get a 20-degree morning like we have the past three or four days. Sometimes it'll be totally dead. Huh? You'll go much. out there and put your key in it, and it'll just go, <laughs> and that'll be it. Yeah, and they don't give you like they used no. to. They, You know, a battery, when it used to go out, You'd get in your car, you'd turn over and go, rrr, rrr, you yeah, get now it doesn't warning. do it. Well, sometimes you get those warnings, but a lot of times you don't. You can go to, we've seen a lot of them where you just go in a grocery store and come out and it won't start. Hmm. 
That's all of them. That'd yeah. tick you off on it. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, in a heartbeat. <laughs> it's one thing to be sitting in your garage or out on your driveway. It's another thing to be sitting out at Walmart in the yes. middle of nowhere. And today's cars, they're very difficult to jump start. Hmm. I won't even I, try to jump you know, start a car I, anymore. My, my brother-in-law was borrowing a vehicle of mine the other day, and um, I think it died on him while it was while he was driving it. Mm-hmm. He was he was just kind of driving the yard, and it died on him while he was driving it. It turned out being the battery. Have you ever heard of that before? Oh, yes. yes. Wow, I've never shorted out. I've never seen that happen before, where a battery just well the, it dies while the vehicle's running. Well, it hates the, you, Paul. The newer car has got it takes five <laughs> reference bolts to make everything work. Hmm. And once it gets down to eight, to somewhere around seven point nine eight volts, it's it's gonna kill it. Wow! You have to remember today's automobile is computer operated, mm-hmm. and when the voltage is not sufficient enough to operate that processor, it kills it. It, it quits operating. Wow. It just says, "I don't know what to do," so I quit. But it used to, you could have a totally dead battery in a car once it was started, and it would keep running. That's correct. And now you today, the, alternate, the alternator won't keep it going. Huh? No. Wow. It uh, if there's a if there's some some part of the battery that is absolutely completely shorted out, it's not going to start or run. Wow! And uh, you have to, like I said, you have to remember it's a processor that runs that car. Mm-hmm. When the voltage gets low, like Duck said, everything all the return from the sensor is based off five volt reference, which is based off it having twelve volt supply. When it gets down to eight or nine volts, the processor quits there. quits operating and, wow. and and it'll shut off. Well, here's a good way to to realize that there's a lot of draw going on your battery. Absolutely, a as, ton of it. So, as soon as you start your car, look over at your uh, the, the device that's telling you, you know, how much your drag there is on your battery, and you'd be stunned at how fast and how hard that alternator is working to replace power. How about, uh, let's just say the average automobile today the amperage on that alternator is somewhere between 120 and 150 amps. That's the that's the rating on it. Yes, years ago, 65 amp 65 was, was 85 plenty. was 100 amp was a high alternator. Right. Now they're way above that just because of all the electronics. Almost doubled it. And these uh, alternators today are computer controlled. Oh. So that's another reason why it won't run if the battery's bad. Oh, it because requires the that. processor's got to turn that alternator oh. on. And and the reason they do that is because if if they it's a they want to variable that. So if if you got everything turned off, you're riding around, the windows rolled down, no lights on, no audio, yeah. nothing in there. They want that alternator not to even charge till it needs to be. Right. So the PCM will turn it off, let the battery voltage go down, then turn it back on, yeah, charge it. That way, you get better fuel economy. Yes, yeah, you're, you're, you're not pulling that load wow. all the your time. Your alternator puts out a load. That right. requires a load, and that's 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 interesting. So, one of the things I do in my some of my vehicles, I'll keep a a, a little deal plugged in the cigarette lighter that mm-hmm. I plug my phone charger into, yeah. and it's got a digital readout for the voltage. Mm-hmm. So that kind of helps me know if my alternator is going out. Yeah, that way I don't get stuck on the side of the road. With a, with a totally dead battery, I can have a chance to get to a parts store or something to replace the alternator mm-hmm. before I get stuck. Well, just remember that if it's a if it is a computer-controlled alternator, that mm-hmm. may go down to 12 and a half volts, and you think it stopped charging. Well, it did, but it wanted to. Oh. So remember that. So, so even today, the, the, so normally a, a 
at least in the past, a, a, a properly working alternator would run at about 14 volts or so. 13.8, in that range. Something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. And so generally I assume that if I'm getting that kind of voltage, my, my alternator is probably working. But you're mm-hmm. saying that even some of the newer vehicles, It'll turn it, it, off. it may drop it down to back 12 and a half, 13 volts. Whatever's so. in the battery. Whatever's in the battery. It, it's looking for that if there's no load on that battery because these, these battery cables that are going to these batteries on a lot of vehicles have what they call amp clamps on them. So it knows what it's the, is actually going out of the battery. Mm-hmm. And if it's at the minimum, it'll actually turn that alternator off for a little bit and let the battery do its thing. Well, and then when it needs it, it'll turn the alternator back on, charge the battery back up. All right. So talk a little bit about the new cars, and they got more than one battery. Yes. Uh, if you had a, any vehicle that has a start-stop technology, it's going to have a auxiliary battery in it. So what charges the auxiliary battery? Same alternator. Yeah. The same alternator is working mm-hmm. on both. Okay. Yes. But the, but the auxiliary battery is in there, so when you come to a stop, it actually uses a car battery to start it. But when you come to a stop, if you have anything else in there on, like the AC, the wipers and all that, that little auxiliary battery is going to keep all that stuff going for you. So, okay. they're, so they're now they're starting and stopping engines when you stop us. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's wow. that's it's that's been out for big, a little bit. That's, that's right. a big deal right wow. now. So yes, it is. So it's not a hybrid. It's just an engine that starts and stops. That's correct. Instead of idling, you, and come, you come to a stop and the engine turns off. Turns Everything off. stays on, but it's right. using it's using auxiliary battery to run wow. that stuff. So what does that do to the longevity on the engine? Well, they actually say that. <clears throat> It actually extends a life because you don't have those wear and tear on it for the idling hours sitting at a stop sign. How often do you have to replace your starter then? Uh, Well, how they're going to start some of them is they're going to start by the... The The windings in the... No, it'll start off by firing that injector, firing that plug and that injector. What they'll do is they'll put that up on TDC and know exactly where it's at. And it'll fire that cylinder to help get the start, to get it moving, and the starter kick in just for a second to Wow, so it doesn't hardly use a starter then. No. Wow, that's interesting because it's mm-hmm. just firing it off almost like one of those old airplanes with the shotgun shells. Huh? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So let, let, let's talk about that when we come back. Okay. New things that are coming that you better get ready for because it's going to change the whole way that cars run. Sure. We'll do that. Here on the Dave Ellswick Show, we're at the Capitol. I brought... I bring Duck and Joe here just so they can, you know, we fit make, in. We, well, they can make hand, sig- you know, signals <laughs> at these guys as they walk by. And stuff. we wave. Yeah, you do. You wave yeah, at them. Hey. We appreciate it. Right. Some of them I know. Let's take a break. Yeah, and you wonder why. Yeah, why? <laughs> anyway, well, let's take a break. We got more coming your way here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Here we come back. Yeah, they're going with that. All right, way. we're back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. I want you just for a moment to sit and, and, and listen to the next 11 minutes because for all of us who've grown up with cars uh, over the years, things have basically run the same. It's combustion engine, that type of stuff. The biggest change we've probably seen has been uh, go from uh, using a carburetor to the direct feeding of, of uh of fuel. Would you say that's the biggest change that we've had in the last, say, 30, 40 years? The biggest change is when they went from carbureted to throttle body. Okay. Then we went from throttle body to direct fuel injection. And, and you know, but the it, the biggest change was when it went that way, wouldn't it, Joe? Yeah, I can explain it where it's real simple. When well, it had a carburetor on it, it was like a tea pitcher pouring gas yeah. in it. <laughs> when you put a throttle body on it, you had a squirt bottle up there dribbling fuel in it when you've got a direct and in, injected engine it'd be like having a squirt bottle 
with a nozzle on it where you could just spray just a little bit. That was for each cylinder now. That's correct. But what it took it from uh, how the engine run fuel management, and that's how old carburetor was. How did it run? If it ain't running right, the carburetor's got something wrong with it. Right. Today's world of fuel management is all based off O2 readings. And, and electronic and, sensors and exactly the fuel management on it is is well it's about 20 times more sophisticated than what put the man on the moon hmm. to run your engine wow. and, t- and today's amazing. vehicles is even it. worse than that yes hmm. okay so with that in mind what are some of the big big we, we already talked about everybody heard that with hybrid cars the car engine would stop and then start up again when you would you know put, yes. put your your foot on the accelerator that's coming to a regular combustion engine now it's already out and they're saying that by the next five years all new cars will have this technology you'll stop when you come to the stop sign and your engine to turn off then your engine when you put your foot back on the accelerator will start back up again most manufacturers today have that technology out and in use yes. as, as a standard, Dave. Oh, most of them do. Yes, now. they do. Yeah. Okay. See, now, I didn't know that it had gone that far already. And the start-stop technology, yeah, they got buttons inside where you can disable it. And there's a few things in the car you can turn on that will disable it too. Like if you turn your AC, if you got your AC on, it's 110 degrees outside, and you got it on high blower. It ain't going to shut off when you come to a red light. You need there. You need that's, the compressor to be powered. By that's the right because even on 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 moderate days, what they do is they'll put a, um, you know how you have an ice chest and you go home and you put this plastic thing in the freezer and you get it cold. Yes, mm-hmm. and it stays like that all day long. Right. Well, they have those in evaporator cores now. Really? They're gel bags. So they have like they'll they'll have a so a, some type of medium in there that will do a phase change. Yes, and what it does, it keeps the air blowing cool, cool without the compressor running. Yeah, without the compressor running for a period of time. So you might get two or three minutes out of it. That's correct. And so wow. the engine's off, but you're not uncomfortable. You that's might feel neat. a little difference in vent temp. Yeah, but, but it still works. That's correct. That's and if you cool. don't want that, you can always, like I said, put the blower on higher, mm-hmm. push the button, and turn it off. Mm-hmm. thing Kills about everything. turning it off is you got to do it every time the ignition cycle, yeah. right, Doug? Yeah, when you turn the key on turn it back on, you got to hit it again. Yeah. yeah. So y'all, y'all were also mentioning that the some of the newer vehicles that's have wild. electrically actuated brakes instead of the hydraulic or vacuum op- vacuum assist. When they're not a vacuum, a lot of them are going to a electric. Electric, well, electric assist, yeah. Well, I was, I was, I've got a, a 2012 uh, vehicle that I, I drive some, and I've noticed that the voltage will drop sometimes when I hit the brakes. Is that because electrically actuated? Uh, is there something I, else going on? What kind of vehicle is it? It's a, it's a, a Nissan van is what it is. It's one of those big commercial um, one-ton vans. They don't have it. They don't have it yet, I, so, no. it's, so it must be something else. Yeah. Well, anytime you let off the the, the gas pedal and, and and you put your foot on the brake, your your RPMs may drop, drop a little bit. Right. Uh, I've I just noticed though that I think the lights will dim and the voltage will drop. And you know, I've got one of those meters on there where I can read the digital mm-hmm. voltage, and it yeah. it seems to drop sometimes when I hit the brakes, but not all the time. It seems like but, it might it might be due to the load. Like I said, that's yeah. going to be computer controlled alternator. I can tell you that. Mm-hmm. So it, it's waiting for a load on it. It sees a load, then Maybe it starts, dropping off, and huh? it start, and it don't hit charge all at once. It'll yeah. hit it, and it'll turn it on, and then it's gradually going to come up. That way, you don't have a big load on that motor. Yeah. And if you hit the brakes, and you have wipers on, and the brake lights come on, you got a cyclops light. The battery's right there, and that alternator needs to charge. You see a little dip in the voltage, and then yeah. it'll come back up, and that's that alternator coming on, loading the motor most likely. Okay, so what new 
uh, technology is coming that people are going to have the craziest time getting used to, besides the, the car trying to drive itself. <laughs> well, it's already doing that. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's already handling that for you all day long. Well, that's just like the one you rented. You know, you run up behind yep. somebody with a cruise on. Slow it get down. Get back out of it, you know, until it gets out of, you know, everybody gets out of. You know what's ridiculous about that, though? You know, you put like three car links or whatever. You know what I'm, you, yeah. you did this too, Joe. You put it, your car on cruise. The car up in front of you is going a whole lot slower. And by the time you, you, you stay in three cars back, you're doing 45 <laughs> miles an hour. You know, it's like. Get out of my way. Yes, I want to go. <laughs> yeah. I need to move. So, you know? so will the newer cars actually hit the brakes for you yet? Yes. yes. Oh, they yes. will hit the brakes yes. for you. They'll, They'll yeah. pull you yeah. out of one lane and put you back in the other. Seriously? You're not the one you're supposed to yes. be in. Wow. Yeah. Uh, when my truck was in, is that they were getting worked on. They gave me one to head all that on it. Uh-huh. If you're going down the interstate and you just want to move over into another lane, if you do not turn the turn signal on the steering wheel, start this. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll it'll, fight, it'll, it'll start fight fighting you. you. Yeah. Well, but you can reach the bump turn signal on. It'll, it'll, it'll go let right you, over. It'll let yeah. you go. It'll let you go, providing that there's nothing in the blind spot. Nothing is there. Wow. So it'll even it'll, it'll even stop fight, you. It'll even fight you with the steering wheel if there's someone yeah. beside it'll, you. It'll vibrate no, your seat and, and it'll tell you there's something over. You look in the mirror and say, Oh, I didn't so see that car. What if you're trying to dodge something like a deer or a dog or a, too late they won't let you hit they won't let you dodge it oh it's you can fight it and get it over there really you so just got to fight it. you got to you it'll see it too because it, it like like the i think dave had a toyota camry right yes the radar on it well, is out there kind of it stuff. knows it's wow. there and so, if it's a it, it, it's avoidance it's collision avoidance systems what it is yes but if you're like going down the road and the and you and you're you've got the right of way and there's a stop sign on the side street mm-hmm. and somebody runs that stop sign it'll, it'll seize it. that it'll break the car and 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 try and avoid that it will actually will it turn too a little bit a it little ain't gonna bit. make a it don't, it nah. don't turn hard but it'll nah. break hard though yes it will Oh, yeah, you better have your seatbelt on. So it's going to do what it can to avoid that. So it'll the hit car the won't start. The car actually has on. radar on it. Wow, so it'll it'll hit the brakes hard then. Yes. Well, and, and another thing too, we already got electric power steering. Yeah. If you notice, all the new vehicles have no power steering pump. When you and it kind of looks strange when you raise the hood and you look for the power steering pump. Uh, wait a minute. But coming, you won't see a mass cylinder on them. It'll have brakes. a rheostat in the floor just like the accelerator pedal. Hmm. It. And it'll have actuators in the brake calipers and electric. So without a, a, a master cylinder, that means you're relying totally upon electricity to brake. Totally upon electricity. Wow, so you don't have a backup system. I'm sure they got something, wor- you know. Like I a had- handbrake? Oh, they all have parking brakes. Always yeah. wear shoes so you can drag <laughs> oh, I can your foot. foot out. <laughs> yeah, Dave, we've got to tell them the floor is going to be I'm cut going, out. I'm going to tell you, if the car is not running, it ain't moving. Yeah. It locks, it locks it down. all four that, wheels. That's your park, too. Mm. Yeah. And your park will be when you push a button and you put it in park. Yeah. That'll be electronic, too, and yeah. it'll lock the wheels up. Wow. So are they, are they still hydraulic brakes? No, no. No. But they'll be all electric motors so running So they actually now. have little servos or something like that in the at brakes? each wheel. Wow. You know, different manufacturers are doing it different. Some of them have got, you know, they're moving towards that just like they were the electronic steering. And, you know, originally started off the drive-by wire where you didn't have no accelerator pedal connected right. to the motor's electronic. Well, they've perfected these systems, and then gradually they're coming in, and it's all going to lead to one place. You're going to sit down in your car, and you're going to turn it on, and you're going to push the GPS and say, go to work. Right. And it's going to take you. It'll take you there, and it'll avoid That's the traffic, right. too. Yeah. It, it knows all that. And, and you know, you've you got V2V vehicle communication that a lot of people don't understand. 
Yeah, Cadillac is the one who came up with that. Yes. But but most manufacturers now on the late model engines, they talk to each other. They know where they're at on the highway. They understand if it. If, if, if you're sitting there going down the road and they could, all the cars could talk to each other mm-hmm. without you knowing it, and a guy says, hey, I'm up here and I'm going over here and I'm going to get off this exit. The other, the other cars that know, well, let's get over in this lane so we can go away. on. And, you know, if they get in lockstep, which eventually mm-hmm. they will, especially in the hub lanes and, and big mm-hmm. cities, they're going to pull over. The first one off is going to be the last one in line. Yeah. And don't slow the rest of them right. down. They'll, well, they'll talk to well, each the other. The other cool thing about that is if they're talking to each other, yes. they can get right up on each other's bumpers. And then the the, the car, 100 cars in front, in yes. front, if it has to hit the brakes, all of them hit the brakes at the same exactly. time. Exactly. And it, so there's no there's no tailgate risk. There's less they decided they want to kill <laughs> all the humans. And, and, you, and you think, well, what's that going to do with the older cars? Well, see, the older cars, the aftermarket's available now where you can buy the V2 vehicle communication. Mm-hmm. It's just a transmitter, and it's on the waveform with the rest of them. So it'll transmit and say, hey, guys, in my 53 Chevy, may not know it, but I'm over here. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm right along with you. You may that. not have everything you want to know from me. I'm talking a little bit like saying I'm here. So it, it, and then the other late model cars will know it's there. So they can they can see you, but you still your car still won't respond to them. No, but they'll see you. They can respond to you, which can help avoid an accident. Yes, exactly. And there's I, a and, lot of neat technology in there, yeah. Doug. And there's wow. more every day. You, I mean, it's amazing what comes out every day. All right. I mean, it's it's just gotta take a break. They'll bring back more things to scare you when we can come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And how much is all this going to cost? We'll talk about that, too, when we return on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Third floor, house side of the state capitol. Joe's here, Duck's here. Interesting conversation today about what cars are going to be like that are already, things that are already here for the most part. Dave, think about this from... You take a, well, say, for instance, Chevrolet pickup. Okay. When they, the first year, was it 88 when they first come out with fuel injection, or was it 87? 87. Yeah, about the middle of 87, they come out with fuel injection. Well, they made some 87s, had carburetors, but they made a bunch of them, you know, had the throttle body. You figure from that day to the day, the difference in the fuel economy. Yeah, we're talking 31 years. Yeah, from that day to the day. From about 10 miles per gallon to uh, you can get 21 or 22. Yeah, mine get That's 22 amazing. out on the interstate. Yes. Yeah, my, uh, and the gasoline yeah. you're burning, Dave? Yeah. You're burning 95% of it or 98% of, of it, it instead of about 60%. And the rest of it went in your pan. That's why a motor did, didn't get but 70, 80,000 miles. Because right. yeah, it was destroying the inside. It's destroying the, the bearings in it. Yeah. Well, it depletes the oil and breaks the oil down and, and causes excess wear and tear. But today, nowadays, you know, you, you can take and pull the intake off of one with 300,000 miles. If it's had regular oil can maintenance, it's clean, ain't it, Joe? Yeah. I, I would mean, have liked to have seen the inside of the engine that I had in that Acadia. I didn't get to see that. We didn't take it apart. They it would, took I it took out. I took the rear bow cover off. It was clean. Was it clean? Yeah. All right. Yeah, it wasn't but, sludged up at all. But, yeah. but Dave, that's the difference. When you're servicing it, you can get three and 400,000 miles out of it. So well, that if the rest of the engine stays together. Yeah, so what, <laughs> what caused his camshaft to break? Is that just sort of a, a, it, a freak it thing? Went, it went... Three hundred and three hundred thousand one mile. Yeah, <laughs> but that's just 
normal that happens? It just well, happens. Not only happens in cars, 18-wheelers, they yeah, use a, a twin overhead cam on a on an ISX Cummins, a 675 horsepower. They use a twin cam. And these cams, I'm, I'm talking about, they're four and a half foot long. Mm-hmm. Big round is my arm. And, and I've seen them break. Oh, no, they break regular. Do they really? Wow. Does it tear stuff up pretty bad, or no. does it, it does, they just yeah. break and you replace Pull the front it. out of it, pull the top out of it, put a camshaft in it. Run the overhead, synchronize the injectors, fire it back up, and go again. So some of these newer engines, when something like that breaks, <laughs> the engine will crash into itself. Oh yes. But some of the some of the diesel engines are yeah. not designed that way. They're though. not designed. They'll, well, they'll stay the, out of their the own way. The valves won't slap the top of the pistons like you know, like a smaller vehicle will. I think you said that when I heard those noises. That you heard meant, that clunk clunk. And that was it. That was all those rods in there. Never well, been the pistons hit the bows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everything started bending the wrong mm-hmm. way. Yeah, yeah. So, everything was going when it wasn't supposed to be going. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's why it had to come out, and another mm-hmm. one had to go in. That's correct. Time, it's a timing issue. Makes it makes yeah. it interesting. Well, now, well no, valve timing is very important. Mm-hmm. Very important, yes. and that's changing too. That timing because well, used it's to not it, going to work the same way. No, now they, they all got sensors and stuff on them. And it tells it, you know, it, it advances the timing up or it'll slow the timing down. You know, it, it's it's so much different so nowadays they, than what so, it used to so be. So do they have, um, they don't have timing belts or timing chains anymore? Do they actually yeah. have? They, they still, have have still do, now. but they can still advance the timing even with that system. Use oil. Most of the time, uh, you, you have a few belt-driven engines that have cam phasers on them, but, but I'm going to say 80, 90% of them, if yeah. it's got variable valve timing, mm-hmm. it's going to have a chain on it. Yeah. Okay. And the reason is because it's hydraulically controlled with the engine oil and oil pressure, right, Doc? Yes. So they ha- they actually have actuators that time the valves now in addition? Oh, it'll advance the camshaft while it's running. Yeah. It's a phaser. Interesting. It's a spring-loaded phaser that pulls it back. But when you put hydraulic oil pressure in there, it pushes it forward so, so it advances wow. the valve okay. timing. That's how you can get uh, 230, 40, 50 horsepower out of a four-cylinder motor. Yeah, because they, they change the timing. That's exactly right. And the tolerances on those engines, the pistons, are real tall, and there's very little tolerance between the valves and the piston. That's so why if it gets out of time, it's going to be detrimental. It to crashes the and burns. Is it, is it the camshaft that you said they're, they're working on replacing? They're working on replacing. Get rid of it. Get rid replacing of it. that period. It'd be solenoids on top of each valve. Yes, wow. that's amazing. They have the speed controller. and the technology with uh, wow. processors well, now. They can fire those solenoids, really and, and that's been the whole holdup reason we ain't already got it is because they was trying to make the computer where it would open and close every cylinder. You know, you run at seventy mile an hour, that baby is getting it running seventy yeah. mile an hour. Yeah, you, just you think can't see it happening. Oh no. In fact. If if you if you just had two solenoids sitting up there, one of them letting in cold air and spraying fuel, and the other one letting the exhaust out, how much less the engine would drag? No camshaft, no valve no chains, springs, right. no chains, no nothing. The, the the speed at which that happens is is kind of mind numbing. Mean, you think about that if your engine's running six thousand RPM like some of these engines do, mm-hmm. and that's the, those valves that's RPM revolutions, re- revolutions per minute per minute, and the in a four stroke engine, you're you're having the you're having a cycle every other revolution. That means your valves are opening up. 3,000 times a second. Yep. And you just think about that, you know, mm-hmm. how much wow. moving parts it takes to do that with a camshaft. Well, not 3,000 times a second. 3,000 times a minute, sorry. Yes. But that's that's a bunch of times every second. But but you just think, though, how, I mean, you right now you got a camshaft. you got you got the cam phasers. you got the timing chains. 
some of them with the with the twin overhead cams on top they have a little short timing chain mm. that connects both camshafts together and it has a long one goes down and catch the cam mm-hmm. crankshaft you just think how, how much it takes to make all that stuff work mm-hmm. and keep everything in time yep yeah, if you mess that timing up, and just like a lot of these, like you mentioned, this a lot yeah. of these smaller engines, they crash into themselves when that yep. timing chain or timing belt breaks. They break. It breaks. Yeah, I had a I had a, a little diesel engine one time that did that, and it it had push rods on it, so it didn't destroy the it engine, yep. but it bent them, so you could actually fix yeah. it. So well, three uh, three thousand times a minute. Yeah, is fifty times a second. Mm-hmm. You're about right. You can't you can't blink that quick. No, you can't. No, I can't. mean, it's amazing. Plus all. By getting rid of the camshaft, think of all yeah, think of all of the wear and tear you get rid of inside Dave, the engine. Dave, think well, about how much weight to get rid of. Well, yeah, because the cams mm. are very, very heavy. Mm. You know, wow. think about how much weight that they're going to pull out of there. They've already went to uh, plastic intakes, yes. plastic valve covers, plastic oil pans, mm. uh, so all that, that stuff. Well, think about this, guys. If we keep saving all of this gas, they're going to have to raise the gas tax again. I already did. I'm, but I'm just saying, again, well, not, after this one that they're talking about, they're going to have to raise it again yeah, because, because they're going to use less gas. And you're using less gas and less gas every day, you know, and so. They didn't tell you about that. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, there's probably a better way to do that. Uh, well, some, some of it might be, you know, if we're getting some, you think it's very realistic to assume that we're going to get self-driving diesel trucks. Oh, they're over already, the road. They're already on well, the road, and so that right there actually might help with some of the congestion we see in big cities because they might be able to to automatically well, avoid the congested or the, the times of day. That's not how cities. it's going to operate. You don't yeah. think so? No. Yeah, they what they're going to do is like we'll say right outside of Little Rock here, right on forty. Mm-hmm. They'll have a terminal out there. Right. These trucks are coming into the terminal, and a truck driver will go get them, bring them into town, and unload them. Okay. He'll load them, carry them back. The truck hook back up to it itself. Way take they it, go. Take it across country. Yeah. You think that you'll still use drivers for local deliveries? And they say right now there's not enough technology to make it come into town and back up to the dock. But they can. But they can go go from across point A to point B. Yeah. Point A to go to yeah. go to delivery point. Yes. All right. yeah. But they're not. They're not on. They're not they go to a central hub. And central hub. And pull they'll, in. They'll un- take the trailer off. A local guy hook mm-hmm. a little bob truck on it. Go deliver yep. it. And while they're it's gone. They'll hook another trailer on it, send right. it back to the other yep. direction. But that that could take some load off of of, of um, some of the traffic. They can they can well, maybe purposefully. And another thing, it's kind of like the cars. You know, you're talking about running 100 cars in a row. Mm-hmm. These trucks are going to run 10 foot apart. Yeah, and so they can improve fuel economy. Exactly. Yeah, they could. And it looks funny because I, I have seen one of them has no cap. Mm-hmm. Has yeah, a cover on top of the engine. Yeah. You know that's yep. all there. Yeah. Well, and you can you can build the things differently because you don't need the you don't need the operator safety safety. Well, and another thing too, think about how much weight you're going to lose on it when you take the cab and the hood and and all that Air, stuff off. Airbags, all the yeah. all the safety equipment. The and not only that, you're shortening the tractor. Mm-hmm. The tractor's going to be almost six foot shorter. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah, it's it's going to be a big saving, but it's it's. it's it's It'd still a, a few years out. Yeah. too when it yes. happens. Yeah. But it could save a lot of money on shipping and because uh, well, the driver might be the most expensive part of that. Well, It the, is. Well, the problem is right now Labor there's, is there's not always the most expensive Oh, there's not enough part. drivers available right now, huh? Uh, England truck, uh, CR England truck, he, I, I read an article here, oh, it's been four or five months ago. He hit 600 brand-new trucks sitting on the yard he couldn't find drivers for. Wow. 
How did you like to have that pavement, Dave? That will Whoa. change. Well, you, you know, with, without a driver in there, <coughs> the truck never stops. It don't have to run eight hours. Except for fuel. Right. That's so it. So it can go from California to New York. Don't have it to don't have stop and sleep. No mm-hmm. logs, no nothing. It's all oh, yeah. done electronically. The GPS tracking it. And if he's breaking the law, the government can look it up on the on the system. It's not going to break the law. Mm-mm. Yeah. All right now, if you were in one of those trucks, you couldn't speed if you wanted to, could you? No. The GPS knows what the speed limit is. It's going to only allow you a little bit above that. The trucks you see out there, in my opinion today, that are just going way too fast, stuff like that, they're going to be older model trucks, aren't they, Doug? Yes. And, and, and there again, Joe, you're seeing more and more older trucks go back on the road. Mm-hmm. Because if it's built prior to 1994, it does not have to have self-adjusting brakes. That's a problem with the new ones. Really? If it's built prior to... I think it's 97 it does not have to have electronic logbook anything built after 97 has to have electronic logbook so there's get, some of these older trucks are getting to be more valuable that's three thousand dollars put electronic logbook in it well and and they can and they can also soup the engines up and make them run 90 miles an hour and well take for instance fitzgerald over in tennessee they sell peterbilt they sell kenworth they sell Freightliners, and they sell uh diamond uh western star they're called a glider kit. They buy a rolling chassis from Peterbilt, all them people. They bring it in, and they put a pre-97 engine in them. Nice. But the truck is a... So they get they all, all the running gear is new. They, everything is running. They, they The truck comes with a transmission sitting in a box up on the back of it. Wow. They put their motor in it, their computer in it, and they program it to work, you know, to whatever you want. Mm-hmm. But it's called a glider kit. Uh so that way you can get the benefit from the old truck. Well, you get the benefit because they license it as a 96 model truck. Nice. You don't have to have a logbook running, you know, anywhere. Nice. You don't have all the emissions. You don't have all the DPF, all the knock sensors. That's the big deal right there. Yeah. So are these older engines actually more fuel efficient than no. the newer ones? They're not? No. But they're just better in cheaper. some respects? They're cheaper, cheaper to, to run. Hey, I, I have spent highest $10,000 on exhaust work. Well, yeah, I guess if you're running down the road with a with a, an exhaust system that costs that much, you have a little mistake and you can... Well, one little knock sensor or one little temperature sensor goes bad, it, it gets expensive quick. Wow. All so. right, let's get our final break in. We'll come back, and uh, what does this mean for Duck and for uh, Joe fixing these cars? More equipment. We're going to talk all about that when we come back, and how important does bumper-to-bumper become then? We'll tell you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. As uh, Bob Dylan said, the times, they are a-changing. Mm-hmm. And I think like when it, it comes to cars and it comes to trucks, they are really uh, changing. So what does Wait, it mean? Hey, before you go any farther, yeah. you said talking about changing. Yeah. Well, guess what's fixing change on your lawnmower when you buy a new mower? What? It's going to have a computer on it. It's going to have oxygen sensor in its off. Oh, no. It's going to have a catalytic converter on it. <laughs> wow. And how, much, and how much is that going to add to the cost of just a little push mower? Uh, probably $60, $70, if yeah. I was guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Just. That's, that's the word yeah. I don't want to hear from Washington. So is, but is, it's just. You know, or the state government. It's just a It's just few their pennies. way of making you decide to buy something that's battery powered. Yeah. Well, or yeah. plug it in. 
You know what I'm doing tonight? I'm going over to Home Depot, mm-hmm. and I'm getting me one of those plug-in uh, air compressors So that, because my left wheel went flat on my lawnmower. So mm-hmm. I'm going to refill it tonight. Okay. So I'm going to get my own little compressor. I figure about 60 80 bucks. I can get one of those cheap ones. Mm-hmm. You can get a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that'd be a that'd pretty, pretty good one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. Pick one up because I got... I want to move my lawnmower to the other side of the garage, and I can't unless I refill the tire. <laughs> Dave, speaking of flat tar, yeah. I had a Kubota mower, and my wife, she done hit everything in the yard. I hope she ain't listening. She I'm going to be in trouble. No, she but, is. But, um, she wants to hear her sweetie pie talk. So I went out there, and I kept the valve stem wrench, and every time I'd mow the yard, I'd let the air out of the left real tars. Uh-huh. So the she deck finally... Move. The deck finally wore out on it, so I went to buy me a new zero turn, and she said, do you think we could buy one that don't have a flat on the rear all the time? <laughs> <laughs> now, explain to me why you let the air out of the tire. Was it to make it sm- smoother, uh-uh. or was it to level uh-huh. the deck? Uh-huh. keep her from driving it. Yeah, oh. she wouldn't get in it. She would have a flat. She wouldn't drive it. Oh, she wouldn't drive right. okay. she, she tore the fence down. She run up the oh. tree. I went home one day, and it was sitting out against the fence, and she was under the carport, and I pulled up, and I said, What's wrong with the mower? Well, what makes you think something wrong with the mower? <laughs> it's out there, and you're up here. here. Yeah. She said, the left front wheel fell off of it. <laughs> I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, I, I just turned in the driveway, and the wheel fell off. So I go out there, and the whole bottom of the chain link fence is stretched from here over to that wall over there. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, oh, I tell you, I, I don't know about. The in two. I don't know anything about Duck and his house. But I can tell you this, the only thing I know is going to be tore down tonight when he gets home is going to be him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, my young, your side of the my bag. Young, my youngest son let the, bag, let, the, let the cat out of the bag oh. here about oh, a year ago. No. Oh. Got oh. me in trouble. Yeah. All we, right. We so, laugh about it all the time. So with that all said, what's this mean to bumper to bumper? Well, you know, keeping up with technology is very important. Bumper to bumper certified service centers, me and Duck and all the rest of the guys on the Car and Truck Doctor show. We go to their schools that Bumper to Bumper host through their vendors. A lot of them are like Standard Motor Products, uh, AC Delco, uh, Borg Warner, uh, Wagner Brake Products. Yeah. We, we do these technical schools, and we keep up with the technology, and they help us do that. So that's that's another reason why we're partnered with those guys over at Bumper to Bumper because of those reasons. Because, you know, in our world, and, and any, any, it doesn't matter what you do in life. You got to be smarter than what you're working on to fix it, Dave. And sometimes, Dave, it's a challenge. That's tough. And it takes a lot of equipment, special yes. tools. And special tools means more money. I spent for my big truck side. Yeah. I spent almost sixteen thousand dollars for a computer about four months ago. And I have people gripe when I charge them a hundred dollars. That's what scan. I was just going to say. You know, and then people will complain. Oh, absolutely. And they don't understand what you all are play, uh, paying. And not only are you paying the sixteen grand, you got to update that ever so every often. Every year. Hmm. Every year it costs me $1,600 to get it updated. Wow. But, David, but, but you go over to, we'll just say Diamond International, which is Summit now. When you go in to get your vehicle scanned, they charge you one hour's labor, which is $165. They charge you a $75 computer fee. Wow. So now you're over 200 bucks. Just to hook their computer to your vehicle. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of manufacturers, you're talking about that, Doug. It just <laughs> brings me to mind that GM, Ford, 
Christ, or they've all changed their process on yes. any programming that we do. We have to go to that manufacturer and buy a download. Well, just like GM changed it years ago, we used to be able to buy a yearly subscription for twelve, thirteen hundred bucks. Didn't mind that we could flash many cars we wanted. GM said, "No, nah, we ain't doing that anymore. No it's going to be forty nine ninety five, and you can flash that car." As many times as you want for the next two years, but that VIN number is registered. Wow! So now you get they get they get a big. A so big it's it's fifty dollars to flash it for the next two years. That particular car. That one. Wow! If if you have his brother bring his Chevrolet truck in, we ain't flashing it with that subscription. We got to buy another one for it. Buy another one. So it, it it adds to the price of the cost of doing it, but we have to have that access to that software. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen. That's passed on to you because they can't just eat it. No. Well, Dave, another thing. You own a Dodge Sprinter in, in the state of Arkansas. I don't care if you're in the south Arkansas, north Arkansas, east or west. Seconds. There is no Sprinter dealer in town that can do warranty work on them. You go to Freightliner out there, go in the service department, guess whose name's sitting up there on the window? If you have a Sprinter called Duck's Garage. Call you. And I've I've got bukus of them right at the moment. All right. Well, that's that's good for you. Oh, yeah. And good Not for your customers. But I had to turn around and buy a $2,000 piece of equipment just to work on with. All right. Well, well guys, thanks for Thank coming. You, Dave. Always. Absolutely, Dave. That Have was an interesting day. hour, to say the least, and it, it went by like that. Mm-hmm. Fun. You'll get your snappers still, broke, yeah. old snappers <laughs> broke. All right. We got more coming your way. Got a final hour here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Stay tuned. All right, so perhaps, uh, you know, you're on Facebook and you got up this morning and poured yourself a, a cup of coffee, and there was Brad Smith on my Facebook page. What's he doing here? And, man, you pulled both of the of the, the, the triggers back, and boom! Well, hey, Dave, <laughs> for this is my third term in the house. Right. And not once have I gone on Twitter or Facebook or any social media outlet and pushed back against things that the governor seems to delight in doing to me. Right. And so I've waited a week or so, and I just thought, now that I know he kind of is getting behind this flag bill that we killed in state agencies last week, I just think, or this week, whenever it was, Early this week. Yeah, it's all blurring now. But I just thought, is there any rational reason for him to come out in favor of that after it went down in flames? It kind of reminded me of the beer summit that Obama set up years ago. (laughs) Yes. It's like sometimes the president just needs to stay away and the governor should do the same. All right. So, what do you? What was the reason? Do you believe that he got involved? Somebody asked him a question, and he just fired for the hip or something. I, you know what? I have enough respect for the governor that I don't think he just fires from the hip. But I think this is one of those calculated decisions that maybe someone on his staff said this would be really good for you to do this, and I can't for the life of me figure out what good can come of it, especially when KATV, their poll shows that there's only like 14 or 15, maybe 17% now favorable to the 
the bill that we table today, and 83% say leave the flag alone. And so to me, someone that watches polls and lives their life by polls ought to just take that as a sign that I this need is to not a away. cause to pick up. Yeah, well, I agree sure, with you. You know, I agree with you. So, explain to my listeners what happens when you table a bill. Well, my understanding is when a bill is tabled, it basically takes it off of the agenda and it lays it on the table, and it can't be taken off the table without a number of votes. Someone making a motion to bring the bill back off the table. Is it a simple majority? It's got to be, let me see if I got this right, because I'm I'm at the end of my day and so my brain's (laughs) not working real good Right. right now. But we had to have a majority of the quorum. Okay. And so we did this morning, we just decided we're not going to waste the people's time dealing with this. We've already dealt with it. We had five, I believe, five pages of agenda, bills on the agenda mm-hmm. that we have to hear. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Representative Womack just said, well, I'll make the motion to table it. And he did. So we thought we dealt with that. And now I'm hearing some little skirmishes, you know, or some word about, well, maybe they'll bring the bill back under a new House bill number and it'll it'll be represented and the members on that committee are just not going to to go along with that. I mean, if we have to kill it one or two or even three more times different bills, we're going to do it. Okay. The people right. of the state of Arkansas don't want it. Yep. I mean, it, yeah, because, I mean, as a member of the committee, you got plenty of calls about this, did you not? I got probably a thousand emails and multiple, multiple texts and... Uh, Facebook post when I first put the bill up on the screen. Okay, all right. So it's not popular. Yeah, that's that's what I was that's, kind, that's kind of alluding to. Yes, yeah, so, it's an understatement. Well, if I can get this, I'll show it to you. This is the 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 new flag I suggested that Brent Smith could could propose. Uh, I have a kitty cat, and this as well. You can tread on me just well, a little. Someone suggested we just uh, come up with a new Arkansas state flag that's just white. Basically, meaning I give up. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm kind of like that, what I'm kind. That might I kind of agree with that in, in, well, a, in a sense. Surrender. Th- that might be a um, a suggestion it, it's to make a point anyway. Hey, uh, you know, I might speak in favor of that bill if you want to run it. Uh, Paul, you know what? You speak in favor or against a lot of stuff, so I don't know if that'd be good for you or not. All right, so we've got the we got the majority whip here. I don't want to hold up uh, his time anymore. I just wanted him to come on and let everybody know where this stood at and uh, maybe get some insight uh, into why the the governor got involved in this in the in the first place. J.R. Davis will be on with me tomorrow, first hour, and it will be one of my first questions to ask him. Yeah, well, and you know, the, the thing is, we have so much more to on do. our plate to yeah. do. Why waste our time on this? We just—it's time to move on. Put it to bed and let's go. Let's move on. All right. We appreciate you coming by. Tell everybody in your committee we appreciate them giving us a few minutes. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you very much. I appreciate your your invitation. All right. Guess who else is here? I asked Robert Steinbach uh, to come in. By the way, 
Were you looking at the Arkansas section of the newspaper today and see that handsome critter on the front page of the Arkansas uh, sitting next to Senator Kim Hammer? That was Robert Steinbach. But of all the weird things that have happened, Robert, uh, of two bills that now you have been involved with, good bills. I'm not talking, they're they're not flimsy, they're not... Uh, so so. These are solid pieces of legislation that need to be passed. You can't even get a first or a second on them. Dave, what I've been saying on your show for the last month, irrespective of Kim Hammer's bills, this legislature is not doing enough. This legislature is uh, banding around unimportant issues instead of focusing on the key problems that face this state. And one of the key problems that face this state is a lack of transparency. And so we brought forward a bill that would have increased transparency for these shadow government entities. Will Bond is my senator, and he, and he asked me, well, what do you mean by shadow government entities? And I told him, you get these entities raising money on the letterhead of government entities with the checks being mailed to government entities. But who are they made out to? Private foundations. Private foundations. Tell me that's not shadow government. Tell me that's not government operating behind the scenes for nobody to see. So the money that's going to the government uh, entities is being funneled through these quasi-governmental that's it. It's exactly right. It's funneled through for one reason, to cover up what's going on. There's a, there's a, a whole scandal going on in Wisconsin with exactly these types of foundations, money being funneled through these entities, and all of a sudden, millions of dollars are gone. Yeah, these are millions of dollars. On the federal level, you got GOAs where you've got... You know, a gazillion dollars being ripped off from the American public. We're just trying to take care of things here in Arkansas. We're a small state. And I've said it time and time again. We are actually cutting edge on a number of issues. We're the most conservative legislature in the country. But they got to stop sitting on their hands. I am tired of it. Well, then you got to ask the question, Robert. If they're sitting on their hands, why are they sitting on their well, hands? You know, this is this is you the know, real how, question. How right? are they involved? Well, this is the real question, and I'm going to tell you two things. First, there was a very nice gentleman who I met recently, a lawyer, who came and testified before the committee against this bill. But as nice as he is, he was full of shinola, and Bob Ballinger, who came in and he said, listen, I'm against the bill, but I appreciate what you're doing and I appreciate you raising these issues about this shadow government operations. So Bob Ballinger said all the right things. He didn't vote the way I wanted him to vote, but he was honest from the get-go. He said, I'm not going to vote for it. And he said, you have highlighted an important problem. It's in that article. Uh, and this guy gets down, sits down there. The bill said, the, the claim by the opponents of the bill is that this will impact fundraising by private entities because somehow people who give to these private entities won't want to give if there's transparency. But the bill says the identity of the donors is kept out. It's not covered by the FOIA. You can't get the identity of the donors. And he sits down, this lawyer sits down and says it might exclude the donor list, but it doesn't exclude the non-donor list. 
Yeah, that's yeah, right. Explain Wait, that one to say me. Say what? Say what? I can't explain stupid to you. Yeah, that made no okay? sense to me it when inc- you said it. It includes the donor list, but it doesn't include the non-donor list. What's you're a not no? a donor if you don't donate. No, no. But but you're you're exempted from under the same exemption. An exemption that exempts donors exempts those that you've solicited donations from and haven't gotten money. And any lawyer knows that, and he knows that. So he was selling a bag of baloney. Yeah. And guess who called him out? Bob Ballinger. Bob said, oh, I'm against this bill. But that doesn't say that. And you know what he said? Oh, maybe you're right. Hmm. Oh, maybe you're right. This is what I'm talking about. These people come before the legislature and they are saying nonsense. And they should be called out for it. Okay, so let's go to Ballinger because he's quoted right. in the paper That's right. today. It's All a right. good quote. It's a good quote. Yeah. It said that uh, some committee members expressed support for the idea that private firms doing public business should be forced to open their books for public inspection, but the panel ultimately coalesced around other concerns. Quote, your your characterizations of the problem is probably accurate. Really, they are operating this way in order to avoid transparency, said Bob. Uh, We ought to all be offended by that. However, there is a big but now. But that's a, but let's not let's not minimize the value of that statement. That is it's a state truth. senator, uh, in addition to Kim Hammer, of course, saying the same thing, saying we should be and we are offended by this behavior. This is corruption at the highest level. Okay, but Ballinger declined to support the bill because he said he worried about how it would apply to other private. Groups. Right. And so now we're going to introduce a new bill, plain and simple. We're going to bring forward a bill that only applies to these foundations that we're talking about. Specific foundations. Specific university-type foundations. That's it. You're worried about it applying yeah, to other groups? Narrow it down. Narrow it down. And guess what we put in the bill? Uh, we said donor lists and non-donor lists. Why? Because I'm tired of the Shinola. And this, the, you know, these are lawyers from top law firms in this city. The, mm. Let me tell you, as you know, Dave, I worked in Washington, D.C. Yeah. That would not have, uh, uh, that guy wouldn't have been able to walk out of a committee room after that kind of testimony. The press would have been all over him saying, what the heck are you talking about? How do you make that statement with a straight face? We don't need our legislators to be lawyers. I don't believe in a lawyer-run legislature, mm-hmm. but this is one of the byproducts of having what is a good thing, a citizen-run legislature, is you get these lawyers, they show up in their high-powered suits, driving their fancy BMWs, coming over to the Capitol, uh, their doors in, uh, held open by and their books carried uh, by their their um, paralegals, and they walk in and they just sell you a bag of baloney. And we're not going to take it anymore, Dave. I'm saying on the Dave Ellswick show that these folks came and testified in the legislature and they were selling a bag of nonsense. It happened previously. It happened when we were fighting that bad bill to, to diminish the FOIA where they wanted right, to open, right? right? And the university council came here, at the, like the associate university council, and said, here's this parade of horribles. Quote, these things have happened. And then the next week, the Democrat Gazette made a FOIA of the University Council. Hey, give us all the documents that demonstrate that that these things have happened. 
And as we say in Yiddish, do you know Yiddish? That's, you know, the, the language that the Jews spoke in, 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 in Europe. Bubkis, which means <laughs> nothing. Yeah. They had nothing. Yeah. And they were called out by the Democrat Gazette. They were called out by the Arkansas Project for shame for these lawyers that come in and violate their ethical obligations to be candid to these tribunals. They are not candid. They are not telling the truth, Dave. Well, if they're not telling the truth, then is it not beholden upon uh, the Senate and these committees to bring these guys and hold them to account? Maybe. Maybe. And Bob Ballinger started that. Kudos to Bob Ballinger, who's a, uh, I've always known he was a capable attorney, but he surprised me with the sophistication of his legal acumen throughout this process. And he, and he, and he disagreed with me on this bill. Bob, you're wrong on the bill. I'll tell you right now, I'm not going to pull any punches, but I like Bob and he's a smart guy and he called out this lawyer. He said, wait, you said what? You said what? That ain't right. All right. So do you feel like the senator, since you're going to speak, specify the people that you yeah. all are going after you think that will be enough to garner his vote well let's say bob come on come on the come on the new bill we'll, we'll ask him over the radio and i'll probably call him as well because gosh knows i'd blow up his his uh, inbox all the time but i'd love to have uh, bob ballinger on this bill i'd love to have bob ballinger sitting at the end of the table on this bill instead of me mm-hmm you know, Kim Hammer is a fantastic senator. He asks me to come on. Well, he's bringing forth legislation right? that he's presenting that you've helped construct. That's right. That happily cut through the crap. That's right. This is it. And they what don't want to cut through the they crap. They don't want to th- cut through the c- crap, Dave. This is the problem. This legislature is not cutting through enough of the crapola. That's our that's our New York uh, way of speaking. By the way, <laughs> we're taking after Trump here. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, yeah. Trump grew up very close to where I grew up. You know, we're, uh, uh, there's an attitude from the Northeast. I will tell you that is different, and it takes time for for people like me to grow accustomed here, and for people from here to grow accustomed to me. But let me tell you what that attitude is. We're not taking it. We're not going to listen to the nonsense when this lawyer from the fancy pants law firm shows up in his button-down collars and his silk ties and his suspenders and sits down at a Senate table and starts telling senators a whole bunch of baloney. It ain't right. Yeah, they lean back and they push their suspenders out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Senators, let me me tell you the problems that are going to happen right now. They're not going to get the donor list. But they might get the non-donor list. So the, Say what? So there's, yeah. been, there's been some talk about basically swearing in the people who testify. Oh, well, and, that's and a brilliant put, idea. And putting them, um, making under them subject. Oath. I want them under oath. And making them subject to, perj- to perjury, perjury charges. I want them subject to perjury. And, and I think that's okay. That's right. Um, make, make sure you can uh, allow people to operate within their conscience. That's right. Because there are some people who don't want to take an oath. But to still oh, sure. make you can this, take it, right. and still and still make and still make them subject to perjury charges. Absolutely, you know, we I I, I handed out uh, to all of the senators an email and attachment that I received last month. It was just an example uh-huh. how rampant this problem is. What was it? It was an email from a university employee to saying, "Please mail checks where to to the university address." To the university building, to the university title, but make out the checks to private foundation. Uh, t- 
tell me, the mafia doesn't do it better than that. I mean, what a well-organized machine. All right. We'll come back. We're going to talk more about this. And, by the way, Bob Ballinger is supposed to be here at this this hour. Bob, come on over. We'll talk about, come on about over, Bob. The, the Stand Your Ground legislation. That's good, That's See good if we legislation. we get that on here as well. So Dave Ellswick's show back after this. Dave, we're All right, we're back. Yeah, we'll let everybody know that we're back here. I'm just trying to keep – I'm getting texts all over the place now because there's people that are supposed to be coming in. I'm trying to see if they're going to make it. We're supposed to hear from Bob Ballinger today. He was running the Stand Your Ground legislation. It didn't get heard earlier today. And evidently the judiciary with Senator Alan Clark met after the Senate met. And uh, he was going to be heard at at that time. And let me comment on this. 25 seconds. This is the kind of bills that I'm talking about. That's bold legislation. Stand yeah. your ground is bold legislation. Ballinger gets a check mark for that. He gets a check mark for the Form Act. We need his votes on these hammer bills, but he already gets check marks for taking bold action. I want to see other senators taking bold action, not sitting on their hands. All right. We got the news coming your way, and then when we get done with that, we'll come back and finish up today's uh, broadcast from the Capitol. Okay, so uh, we've been talking to Robert Steinbach, who, by the way, is a a law professor over at Bowen School of Law, and his opinions are his and his alone, not necessarily those of Bowen School of Law or UALR. We've been talking about Senate Bill 231, and it reflects on organizations who are not governmental organizations, but who funnel money to governmental organizations or to themselves right they're shadow government they operate like government but they're not government and they have the names of the government in it Uh, the university of arkansas foundation the money takes a piece of it for the extravagant uh, operations and then funnels the the rest back to the public entity tell me that doesn't look like money laundering to you tell me that doesn't look like rico doesn't tell me it's a nonprofit contracting group that does government stuff. Yeah, see, this is what's important. People, I don't know if they understand what you're saying, Robert. Yeah, yeah. So, so well, is that, often, is that, often they don't because I'm not clear. So, is, is that pretty a pretty reasonable? It, 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 way but of, it's even more insidious. I think that's a fair description, Paul. The, who do you think sets up a university foundation? People involved in the university. So why are they not just operating within the auspices of the university? Because they don't want any oversight. And what do they do with the money? They spend most of it on the university, and they skim a little all for themselves, for their, for their private planes so, or their private uh, so, flights on private jets. So they could just give their money directly to the university, Absolutely. and that would be okay. You can but- write a check to the public entity. You don't need to write a check to a private entity that skims money off and then sends it back to the public entity. But- it goes from the public entity to the private entity back to the public entity but this makes it possible for them to do things that might be illegal for the public and exactly. for, the, for the university itself exactly. to do exactly. if it wasn't private oh yeah so, they, fu- they fund um, um, the purchase of alcohol which the government entity isn't allowed to do so we have private entities doing what's illegal uh, for the public entity so they're but they're doing it kind of for the benefit 
of the public That's entity. Right. They, they, they're ap- operating a shadow government entity for the public entity all along while, co- while the public entity is reaching out to the public, collecting money from the public, and turning it over to a private entity. So it would be sort of like, let's say the Marines weren't allowed to buy alcohol for their troops, but they s- set up a foundation to buy alcohol. This, the alcohol right. The- right, and then the Marines say, mail us a check. At the Marine headquarters in Quantico, here's the address. I'm the Marine Commandant. Uh, send it to my office. Uh, I will get it to where it needs to go. Oh, by the way, don't make it to me. Don't make it to the Marines. Make it to the foundation named after us, which you can't do legally unless you're in cahoots with the public entity. Make it out to the Marine Foundation. They'll cash the check. Oh, they'll skim some money off the top. That's the way it works. That's the vigorous. And then they'll send a little bit back, and we'll buy the alcohol. Interesting. Does that so, sound kosher to you? It sounds like if the, I may borrow it sounds, another term. It, it sounds like the Marine might get arrested. Yeah, exactly. And court-martialed. That would not. That would not chin the bar. I tell you that right now. Uh, if that this was done in the federal government, this would not chin the bar. If this was done with the military, but they're doing it left and right. Hmm. Interesting. Well, it's, it's it's interesting because we see that sort of thing on the state level. You know, with with the mili- with the U.S. military, they're not allowed to, to to use their uniform to engage in political activities. Right, we see that, we see that down here at the Capitol. We see right. we see um, officers down here in their in their uniforms um, advocating for bills and mm-hmm. such, mm-hmm. and and we see government officials acting in their official capacity to engage in political activity. Yeah, exactly. That should be illegal as well. I agree. Okay, so uh, Ken Wallace just posted about 18 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Duty to retreat slash stand your ground law being debated in the uh, Arkansas Senate Judiciary Committee right now. Wow, great. That's why great. Yeah, Bob's uh, not here right now. You know, Bob's not here yeah. at this moment. He'll Hopefully he'll make it before 6 o'clock and Listen, give Bob, us good news. Uh, I cannot, as much as I would like to, I cannot fault Bob one iota on the transparency bill. As I said, I'll say it again. He, along with the rest of the committee, voted the wrong way or acted the wrong way by not supporting the bill. But he did it in the open and honest way. He said, you have identified a real problem. These foundations are, are what they're doing is an abomination. He used another word, but Dave, if you can pull that for me. Yeah. Um, but what these foundations are, are doing is an abomination. We should. Oh, he said we should be offended yep. by what they're doing. That's what he said. Right. Uh, and then he called out that that uh, a big dollar lawyer who with with the uh, small penny argument, the the man who made the argument that that doesn't hold any hot water. Well, they might not get donor lists, but they'd get non donor lists. Wait, what? Wait, what? That's a kind of nonsense. <laughs> I am just essentially, tired of. Uh, essentially implica- implying that they might get their mailing list. Whether or not they were donors or not, which which apparently is not the reality. Yeah, is it true? Well, what's, if someone turned you down for a donation, that is every much part of a donor list as someone who gave you a donation. It's that simple. This bill actually expanded protections for these private entities, but they wanted it all, and so far they got it all. So who can blame them? But there's another bill coming, and it's going to be a more narrow bill, and uh, it's going to take on the, the worst of the worst when it comes to violating notions of transparency in this state. I said it about the Forum Act. That's a Dave Ellswick Free Speech Act. 
I've said it about um, uh, the Arkansas FOIA. Arkansas is actually on the cutting edge of a number of issues. If we allow these backwater deals, these scams, these these hidden from the public operations to persist, we are going to be uh, uh, the laughing stock of this country. Uh, and we right now have an outstanding FOIA. We need to keep it that way, and we need to keep the level of transparency that we have now continuing while these organizations with their new conceptions of how to avoid the law not being able to continue. Okay, so I'm going to throw a little thing out here. Instead of, you know, uh, elected officials saying, we don't want to be Kansas, Mm -hmm. how about we don't want to be Wisconsin? That's right. We don't want to be Wisconsin because Wisconsin, listen, we already were Wisconsin is the tragedy. Yeah. There was a situation up at, the, at Fayetteville where there were millions of dollars that were unaccounted for uh, because of these operations of these shadow government entities. Yeah, you're not the only one who's been yelling about this. I mean, the Demgaz has right. been talking about this for a long time. That's right. That's right. And the Dem guys actually sued one entity, wound up in the courthouse steps, and then the entity turned over the records so we didn't get any, any law on it because they turned over the records. So the Dem guys got what they needed, but now we still don't have any precedent out there to demonstrate how the obvious that these entities are already covered. Can we not find some way to convince the local prosecutors to set some precedent by actually bringing criminal charges against these people when they refuse and force y'all to bring lawsuits. These prosecutors are, the, are going to the same cocktail parties sponsored by... And maybe getting a check. Yeah, and maybe getting a check <laughs> from these foundations. We don't know where the money of these foundations are going. going to. We don't right. know that whether these foundations are paying off these politicians. We don't know the level of fraud that may be going on within these foundations because they are hiding it from the public. And then they come to, to the legislature and they have the audacity to hire the most expensive, high-powered, high-dollar, fancy-suited, suspender-wearing lawyers who walk in there and say, well, we can't have that. This might impact fundraising and the response to that is hogwash that is just a bunch of hogwash all right we'll finish it when we come back stick around it's the dave ellswick show we are on the third floor house side of the state capitol more coming your way in a moment all right let's do the last segment here for uh, this wednesday and robert steinbach has been uh, good enough to come in and and spend an hour with us here today Know that Robert doesn't get paid anything for coming on my show. He does it out of uh, the goodness of his heart and because he likes the truth. Well, you know, Dave, I don't get paid anything for anything. No, I'm teasing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do get paid a salary for, for, for working at the university, and I'm proud to do so. Uh, but I'm happy to be here, and I'm happy to communicate with you and your listeners and uh, share conservative ideas. And that's why, as you may be able to tell, from time to time I get a little bit frustrated I get frustrated because we're sitting in this really, it's a beautiful Capitol building. For those of you who are listening to the show and haven't seen it, it's worth making a trip. Uh, it's an absolute gorgeous Capitol building. I've been to several across this country. This is really one of the nicer ones. Uh, but the tragedy is that notwithstanding that it's filled with 75% Republican legislators, I'm not seeing enough done. 
I'm absolutely not seeing enough conservative, strong, powerful acts being passed. Kim Hammer has another bill uh, that conservatives uh, should like, generally like, and it's a it's a it's called false light, but in, in sort of colloquial terms, it's a defamation bill, and it just it, it deals with and, uh, the situation that we saw with the Catholic boys in Washington, where they were initially destroyed by the press. The press just tore them apart. And it turned out the press was full of hot air. Uh, they, they were uh, about uh, as accurate as was that lawyer who testified before the um, state agencies committee on the FOIA bill recently. And, and the bill that Hammer has, Senator Hammer has, it quite simply says you can sue for that. Of course, you could always sue for that. But it, it brings the standard down to a normal negligence standard. Same standard that doctors have to comply with when it comes to malpractice. Drivers have to comply with when it comes to uh, driving a car. Right. Uh, and, it, and it brings it down uh, to that standard. It's, it's not clear what the standard in Arkansas is, but in other states, it's a higher – you have to meet a higher burden to win the case. It says, hey, it's just like any other case. Some simple negligence, just like any other case. And the point – and so the press – who I support, you know, I go to the press association meetings, I'm friends with the press, I'm involved with the press association, they appoint me to various things, but they say, well, this will, this will diminish free speech, and this is the point I want to bring out. It ain't free if it's defamatory. Yeah. Right? That's not, there's, we've talked. If it ain't true, and you're saying it just to get a rise, then it's not. It's free, free speech. Right, we've talked about this since I came on your show, right? You always uh, bring me on to talk about free speech, and I always say there are certain carve-outs to free speech. Defamation, um, fighting words, uh, eff- essentially yelling fire in a the theater, although the standard is actually higher. You, you have to yell fire in a the theater knowing that something dangerous will happen because it mm-hmm. won't necessarily happen. But the analogy is close enough to, for this discussion. Uh, those are exceptions because they're not free. So it won't diminish free speech. Hopefully it will diminish unfree speech. Yeah. Hopefully it will diminish def- defamatory speech. So that's the idea behind the bill. Uh, and I think that it's reasonable. To, now, I don't object to the press for not endorsing it. And I think reasonable minds can differ on this bill. And I think you can say I'm opposed to this bill, but I'm still uh, for holding people to account. But... It's a very reasonable bill. I'm having a hard time finding the bill at the moment, but I remember looking at yeah. it, I believe, and it seemed to, to go a bit too far. Okay. I think it, it – and I'm sorry, I don't have it in front of me. I'm right. trying, do you remember? happen to remember the number? It's somewhere between 230 and 236. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's how you get here yeah. after uh, you've been dealing with hundreds right. of bills. Because um, Kim Hammer introduced a handful of bills all at once, and it started roughly at Would it be the statutory civil action for invasion of that's privacy? It. That's okay. It. That's the one. So – as I recall, looking at it, it was it seems to just go too far in regards to um, some of the things um, improperly intrudes into a person's private affairs. Yeah. If the intrusion would be offensive to a reasonable yeah, person, changed to highly offensive, even highly offensive. Yeah, what does it mean? I mean, in the law. No, well, Paul, that's that's not that's not a change in the law. That's the existing law that was put in just to track the existing law so that they can get to the next section, which is what the bill is about. The highly offensive intrusion uh, uh, of uh, private facts is existing common law. Common law. So it's not actual law. Well, uh, that 
that's a your statement is a bunch of words that when strung together don't mean anything. Common law is the law that common courts, law is tradition. No, it's not. Tradition is tradition. Common law is the law that you put in a complaint and then you are found liable for in a courtroom. That's what common law is. It's court created law for which you right. pay out money when you lose. Yeah. Right. So it's so, but but I'm still. Uh, it, it's new language. This is not stri- nothing struck right, because, out. So because, it's, it's all new because language. Because invasion of privacy is a, what is known as a common law tort in Arkansas. It has not been enacted into a statute. It is only found in case law. Okay. Which is tradition. No, it is not tradition. <laughs> tradition is what tablecloth you put on your dinner table. It, yeah. is, it is, you know, if they throw you in jail pursuant to common law, is it, is it, is it just tradition? Don't call it tradition. That is a fundamental misunderstanding well, of the and, notion and of common law. And I've had that same BS argument made by law professors because they don't understand it because they wanted to impose right. rules on so, my colleagues so, that so don't Arkansas. exist. So they go, well, it's common law. No, it's not. It wasn't decided by a court, and nobody went to jail or had to pay a fine for it. If you want to sue somebody today for an invasion of privacy, you can. And you can get money when someone intrudes on your privacy today, pursuant to common law. Right. That's what you write in the complaint, and that's what the defendant has to defend against. Understood. Understood. However, it is enforced... Because of traditions. Now that those traditions no. are enforced. What does that mean? They How are. is the statute enforced? Who enforces that statute if it passes? Who enforces the, that bill if it passes? The courts. The courts. The courts. Who enforces that Common tradition? Law? The, courts. the courts. The courts. So it's enforced so it's exactly judicial. the same way it, it is judicially judici- it is, enforced. Okay. So it is judicial. Enough. Correct. It is the law. Common law is the law. It is not tradition. Tradition is a notion in the law separate wholly apart from common law. Bless you. Thank you. No. This is, I got to tell you, this is a kind of argument that I've heard when, and I like when Jan comes on the show, when Jan tells people, go ahead, carry a gun because the U.S. Constitution and the Arkansas Constitution allow you to carry a gun anywhere you want. And guess what? When you get arrested, you call Jan to bail you out. I don't mean to be picking on Jan when she's not here, but this is my point. These are the kind of arguments. I understand what, what the purists like to say about the law, but what, what, let me tell you what the law is. It's, the law is whatever the guy with the uniform, the badge, and the gun tells you the law is. Or the guy. Or, or, the, or the court. The person who's wearing the black the robe. robe in well, front of you. Well, because here's the thing. The guy who wears the black robe, if you don't listen to him, you know what he does? He sends the guy with the gun, the uniform, <laughs> and the badge to common that collection. Is, that is true. And, and it's, but we still have to be careful because common law is also kind of the, the idea of precedent setting. It's treated like law, but unfortunately they get it wrong sometimes. That's why Roe v. Wade has been treated as if law, and it's hogwash. It never should no, have been enforced. This, again, this is your, your other notion that you've expressed previously where you said, well, it's not the law and we should ignore it. Nope. It's a bad interpretation of the law, and we can't ignore it until the court overturns it. You nope. can't just ignore no, it because you no, don't no, no, like local it. Local judges have a duty to, to nope. follow the Constitution nope. in spite of the fact nope. that the U.S. Wrong. courts – yes, they do. Wrong. Their job is to do – And they can be court, impeached if they refuse. A lower court's job oh. is to enforce the law as interpreted by the higher court. Show me in the law. That no, no, no. You cannot, you cannot use precedent to establish that precedent is the law. Uh, Paul, That's what you're doing. Paul, Paul I, you know, I, I can't teach you three years of law school in three minutes before the end of the show. The fact is that you will be arrested if you don't agree with me. The judge, That's what makes it the law. The judge will That's, not be arrested for throwing out the case. The, the judge will be 
likely impeached and taken off all cases. The judge should be impeached if he, if he upholds Roe v. Wade. No, he will be impeached for not upholding Roe v. Wade. The legislature have, decides who, who, who impeaches. Who do they, who no, do they impeach? No, the, no the, court, the, the court itself will take him off. The, the, the higher court will take him off cases. They can. He won't, he won't listen to cases any longer. That may be true, but the but, Supreme Court judge, justices should be impeached if they uphold Roe oh v. Wade gosh. because they're killing children. Oh, my gosh. I don't agree with the outcome of the decision. But somebody ha- – do you believe that courts have to make decisions? Sure. Right. So how do they decide – how do we know if the decisions are right? Because Paul – what you – Calvert? Right? Calvert. Because Paul Calvert says they're right? Words have meanings. Because Paul Calvert says they're right? No. no I'm so not in that position who yet. who right? The court says they're right. That's how it works. Right. This is this ridiculous ultra-right-wing argument that makes no sense. The court interprets the law. The Constitution says it's their job. You want the source, you want the source for why they get to make the call? It's the U.S. Constitution, Article 3. It says the courts are the final arbiter of the law because they get to decide the disputes. That's how it works. And so they decide the dispute, and then the answer is what they say. And guess what? They can get it wrong because they're fa- fa- fallible. They're fallible. They fallible. Thank you. You did it right. All right. All we right. Got a break here. Go to your separate corners. Okay. All right. We might take this up on another day, but we don't have any more time today. Okay. So with that said, we'll meet you here again tomorrow at 2, right here at the halls of uh, the House and the Senate and find out what they're up to on the Dave Ellswick Show. God bless. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.